Good morning, listeners. <laughs> Welcome to NPR. No, that's my. That is the sound of me drinking coffee, though. That's how I always do it. Yes. Legal team. They're not going to get that. It's not for them. It's for Tina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And only Tina. Actually, we should we should speak a lot louder. I'm gonna put in um I'm gonna put in background like celebration music because you know what's nifty? Hate watch, great watch, turning fifty. Oh Lord. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Horns. So today we uh <laughs> you're gonna have to speak up over the the celebration music in the background, big horns, brass, you know, like a, a, a Sousa march, that kind of thing. Very loud. Why are you looking at me? Oh my God. You not hear? Should I speak louder? It was a good bit. Hello, excellent humans, and welcome to the 50th episode of Hate Watch, Great Watch. Yeah, no, It's rad. Yeah, it's weird to be here. Yeah, I never thought I'd live to see 50 <laughs> episodes of my podcast. <laughs> We're halfway to triple digits. Those triptage. That's what everybody loves when you yep. abbreviate words like that. Yeah. <laughs> triptage. It's gray. <laughs> I do kind of love that. Soup gray. <laughs> Two pod. Oh. I mean, this just sounds like we're writing for some fucking future, oh, God. future yeah. speak bullshit. So, you know, usually come February, uh, you know, and I say usually because we did it once. Uh, <laughs> but usually in February we do, you know, like couples, ep- like episodes. We did uh, the solo episode mm-hmm. with you and me. I'm telling you, I'm telling yeah. the listener. I know yeah. you know this. No, you were I there. Know. We did the solo episode, you and me, and then we did the, that was the Hate Watch, Great Watch, Date Watch. Then we did the Hate Watch, Great Watch, Double Date Watch. Yeah. With the Nicoles. Hi, the Nicoles. But yeah, because of just weird scheduling and quarantining and, and just not having the foresight not having the mental bandwidth to plan ahead in such a fashion. Yeah. Um, yeah, we totally missed February, missed doing that. Um, Honestly, I'm impressed that uh, we're still coming out every other Wednesday. It's it's hard. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the struggles of putting out a semi-regular podcast are nothing compared to all the many other uh, struggles and strife in the world at this time. But sure. yeah, it, it's it's... You know, another plate to keep spinning. It's right. another thing to keep, you know, attention on when it's t- it's tough and, to have your attention stretched so thin by things. And I mean, we do put hours of work into this. Oh, yeah, you know, many. Sometimes these things go extremely long. So the original, the initial recording can be anywhere from like two to four hours. And then we edit it forever. It takes a lot of time. It's yeah, it's been a real labor of love. Yeah. A lot of it's been Hunter. Yeah, I mean, we do. It's all in-house. We don't have an editor or anything. We don't have a... We don't ship it out to anybody to put it together. Yeah. We all do it. So we kind of noticed that, that we missed, you know, doing another Hate Watch, Great Watch, Date Watch, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, you know, I liked doing that the first time. Yeah. Um, and then we realized, oh, well, we're almost at 50, so... Uh, and it's, it won't be that long after February when this drops anyway, so we just pushed it back. We're going to do a solo, you know, a solo duo episode for you listeners hope you enjoy it uh today we are doing dawn of the dead the 2004 Zack snyder one yeah 
Should um, I explain why this is significant? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I figured you would at some point. I didn't know when. Uh, when Hunter and I first started dating ages ago. The year was 1974. Gas no. prices were on the rise. And everyone was doing the electric slide. This was like 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. I like the idea that the audience has no idea how old we are, even though I mean, they can see photos, but like, yeah. maybe we just aged well. <laughs> maybe we're like 60. He might be a vampire. I'm actually not entirely sure. He looked very much like this 10 Me? years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a humble brag, but like, I'm a little crinklier around the eyes, but that's all the laughing and smiling I do, because yeah. I'm such an upbeat, happy man. <laughs> If Maybe. you like our podcast, send one dollar to Upbeat Happy Man. Oh my god. It's my youthful exuberance. Yeah. But anyway, somewhere in like 2008, 2009, so this was actually a relatively recent film when I first saw it. Yeah. Because yeah, this yeah. came out in 2004. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah. So like Hunter's always been very into horror films yep. since he was young. Since, since Scream came out. Yeah. Okay. So I was in high school. Okay. Yeah. That still beats me by several yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean like. Yeah, I just happened to have a couple of friends who had a lot of horror movies available, you know, and I'm going to bring over like three movies this weekend. We're going to watch them all. And I watched mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, by the time this came out, which wasn't, you know, that long after, a mm -hmm. handful of years. Yeah, Scream's, what, 2000? No. Earlier? Yeah. Nine. We did. <laughs> I don't remember what year it came out. What, what the year? year was 1974. Oh, my Gas God, Gas prices dude. were on the rise and everybody was doing the electric oh, slide. God. It's 1996. 1996, okay. So this was, you know, this was something. I, I saw this in theaters. Like, uh -huh. my, all, all that group of friends and I all went to see it. I would have still been in high school when this came out. Yeah, but I, I like this quite a bit. Like, I liked this immediately mm -hmm. upon seeing it. I was like, this is great. Yeah, I've said on a previous episode, I thought I wouldn't like horror movies because I had seen what were sold to me as thrillers and been like, wow, if these are thrilling, then horror movies must be mind-shattering. Right, in your yeah. mind, thriller was a tier below yep. horror. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those but... those particular ones that I saw in high school were Seven and Silence of the Lambs, yeah. which are pretty intense. Yeah, if you're, if you're an asshole on Twitter who likes to argue about what is and yeah, is semantics. not horror, I know. Um, then you probably argued about those specific two movies. Yeah. Um, when, in fact... Shut up. Yeah. And I mean, like, I watched some of the Universal Monster Dracula yeah. when I was in high school, so those, but I fell I asleep during it. Well, those I don't consider horror in the same way that I consider even, sure. even older 70s, like 70s, 60s horror films horror because they they don't even have that same structure. Right. Well, it's... They're, it's a monster movie. It's yeah. A, it's a different subgenre kind of thing. Sure. And I, I mean, know I just said, like, we're going to talk about what yeah, is and horror. Yeah, I'd probably... But, like, it's it's a pacing issue rather than, you know. Sure, sure. I mean, I'd, I'd probably still call it horror, but then, like, falls, give a, an explanation about it. Much like... Um, I think it falls under the umbrella of horror, for yeah. sure. But I think it's more of a monster movie. I think sure, it's honestly sure. closer in pacing and structure to Godzilla. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. As much like I was going to say, oh, I review a lot of horror movies for Movie John now. And my very first one was Godzilla. And I'm like, I mean, like, yeah, like, it's... It's own subgenre, but like, if you really want to like extrapolate out, it is a horror sci-fi movie. Yeah, but it is of a very specific little subdivision in there that's so big that it's its own category. Yeah, so we're Hunter? talking about Godzilla, yeah. <laughs> 1960. The year was 1968. Gas prices were I don't know. Hunter and, and I started dating. Everybody was doing the electric slide. Hunter and I started dating, and I don't remember what the first movie we watched together was. But this was definitely the first horror movie we watched together because you were very into horror and I was not. And 
you know, after like talking with me for a while, you kind of convinced. I was like, you know, if, if 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 it's the two of us together and stuff, and like we can turn it off if I get freaked out and whatever. Like, yeah, okay, sure, I trust you. Let's let's watch a horror movie. Yeah, well, also having gone through the same thing where I was like, I don't think I like horror, and then being shown, oh, you do. Yeah. Turns out you do. I was like, oh, okay. Well, what is it about horror you don't like? Because if it's the same issues I had, then it's not an, like you know sure. there are yeah. things there are things you will like. Yeah, and I think I mentioned to you the ones that I've seen, and you were like, oh, those are, like, a lot. Like, other horror movies aren't necessarily that, like, psychologically intense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you were, like, I remember you and I and an unnamed roommate of yours uh, watched uh, the original Friday the 13th, Uh which, compared to fucking Seven, is like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like a doo-wop song. Yeah. (laughs) And... Yeah, so we watched it's this, quaint. which, honestly, I, I would say uh, the, the Dawn of the Dead remake is legitimately scary. It's got moments, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think it was, like, scarier than other stuff I had seen before. I feel like it was kind of a good choice in that way, because it's, like, it's it's not pulling punches. I like, this is... Yeah, I didn't yeah. pick it uh, out no, of I know. a hat. It, <laughs> I know. It's good gateway horror, yeah. because it's funny, it's stylish, it's at least half action, and then the horror stuff is super well done, mm-hmm. and it's zombies, which everybody likes, because one thing that I think is, a, a, you know, a roadblock for some people in horror is, like, the other, like, the concept of, like, you know, Jason or Freddy, like, a specific bad guy that is a character that you have to reason with, sure. like, mentally and emotionally while watching the film, mm. you know, as a person. But zombies are just cannon fodder. Yeah. They don't have personalities, really. They're not, you know, I mean, like... Zombie movies have a ton of those moments where it's like, oh no, it's Billy. Yeah. He was our best friend and now he's a zombie and we have to reckon with, you know, should we kill him or not? Which this has that. Right. But. But also there's plenty of like, you know, just. Yeah, there's just an armada yeah. of faceless nothings. They're yeah. foot soldiers kind of, yeah. you know. And, and, and so it, it's really fun in a video gamey way to just watch them all get taken out. Sure. You know. The whole like genre of zombies is very psychological in a way that a lot of horror movies that are like well put together yeah. do. Where you're delving into deep-seated fears and anxieties and that's what i find very interesting about that whole genre is that you're playing with a lot of these very like what? emotional i can rattle them off but it's like it's it's already been trod by other people before so like vampires being a stand-in for lust and premarital sex and sometimes gay feelings and stuff hell yeah zombies you're kind of like facing um death or decay um it's also sort of dealing with uh yeah like an othering in a way where it's both acceptable and unacceptable kind of you know because it's 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 elaborate on that well it's turning friends king it's it's turning friends into foes that kind of thing like well yeah i think the fact that zombie movies specifically almost always have that scene that i just described yeah it because it's such an interesting thing to like address. Yeah. Well, and then, when does this person who you have some sort of relationship, whether they're, you're close to them or they're a friend in the, you know, brothers in arms kind right. of thing, whatever, or a family member, a loved one, whatever, or even somebody you hate who is human. Yeah. When do they become a soulless monster that you don't feel anything for killing? Right. And then, I mean, on top of it, then it makes you have to, if you're if, if, an exercise in empathy is realizing, Oh, literally every death, in here was somebody to somebody. Yeah. You know? Except for Jay Leno. He means nothing to anyone. <laughs> uh, Have you heard about that? Nobody oh, liked me. boy. 
I would like to talk about that. That was a ridiculous game. I, um, I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the air. <laughs> I have this weird headcanon where Jay Leno is kind of like a shitty Tony Stark. Um, okay. Where uh, Mavis, his wife, isn't a human being. She's like Jarvis. She's like a computer program. Like it's M period, A period, V period, I period, S period. It oh, stands God. for something. And... You know, instead of having, like, a, a hangar full of Iron Man suits and whatever, it's all classic cars, but should interdimensional evil ever threaten our shores, he'll suit up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and one of these classic cars will transform and become an exosuit for him to fly into space shooting lasers. Mm-hmm. I just, it's a thing I came up with that every once in a while I remember I thought of, and I'm like, that's a really good idea. <laughs> it's a really stupid, really funny thing to think about. If anybody out there does animations, you can find us oh, God, at writehwgw, that's R-I-T-E-H-W-G-W at gmail.com. If anybody wants to write a short script, I will do the voice of Jay Leno. As you've heard on this podcast, I'm great at it. <laughs> it does sound like you have a much bigger chin than usual. Yeah, you gotta really get the chin resonance. <laughs> so yeah, uh, years later, here we are. I've probably seen hundreds of horror movies by now. Yeah. We watch so many watch a, a year. Um, I've watched yeah. a lot of series with you. Yeah, I, yeah. I try um, in October, as many people do, to watch like a horror movie a day. Yeah, which we did very successfully this year. Yeah, we kicked its ass this year. Yeah. We did really good. He made a calendar this year and stuff, and so we kind of took turns with uh, us and the roommates uh, picking different movies. And they're very broad. Like, I mean, some of it was just like, uh, you know whoever's choice but then some of it was like different eras like 50s and then yeah, 60s I, and then I tried 70s to and... think when i when i built it i tried to think of just a bunch of different um axes to grade on kind of yeah so i did like thematic things um yeah so like i mean this wasn't one of them but like evil kids or something right, like right. that yeah. yeah evil kid movie yeah thematic which stuff. can be like anything from you know pet cemetery and sure. children of the corn and then like the other yeah, yeah whatever yeah or it could have been this movie there's an evil kid. Yeah. Yeah. Vivian. Honestly, yeah, we were also sort of doing it where if you could make the argument, then it was, you know. Well, yeah, because, like, it's a it's yeah. a useless metric just yeah. to give you guidance. Sure, yeah. Um, and um, then Halloween, we had plans with Movie Jonies to watch stuff remotely, so we watched uh, three of the four extant psycho films. Yeah. Uh, which was a lot of fun. Which was neat, because I hadn't seen any of them. Yeah. Because, again, I have weird blind spots because it... I was an adult before I got into horror movies and stuff, and so, like, some of it's catching up on things that, like, would have been uh, contemporary to me if I had started earlier. Like Psycho. Like this. Um, Romero, uh, as you may know, mm-hmm. I know you know this, as yes. listeners may know, yeah. we record out of the great city of Philadelphia, and Romero is our uh, neighbor to the north, slightly west, Pittsburgh native, as is Tom Savini, who appears who, in this film. Yeah. I definitely didn't know who that was when we first watched it, and now I definitely do. <laughs> yeah, you rec- now you recognize oh, him on yeah. sight. Oh, yeah. He's hard to miss. <laughs> he's, very, he's very swarthy. Yeah. He's got a very specific, very handsome look. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Truly, he is a god among men. Uh-huh. So you chose this. Uh, it's very sweet. Yeah. Because this is the first horror movie we watched together. Yeah. Because um, I couldn't remember what the first movie we watched together was, but this yeah, is I don't the know. first movie. We used to have movie. movie nights at my old, old, old apartment. So yeah, uh, let's talk about oh. this movie. Well, is there something else you want to talk about before this movie? Hello, excellent humans, and welcome to another episode of Hate Watch, Great Watch. I am your host, Allison Yukulis, and here with me, as always, is my other host, Hunter Bush. Hello. Yes, and today we are talking about the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead by director Zack Snyder. Yeah, it's weird that he, you know, made this movie. This was his first, like, you know, feature film, and then he never made another movie. <laughs> 
Uh, have we talked about it on here? He's not a director that you or I really care for. It's probably come up because he's just culturally ever-present right now. Yes. Well, yeah. Okay. So he was doing, you know, he's been doing the uh, DC stuff. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people have His a lot of feelings about that. His career is relatively short. Yeah. It's, it's this... And then I believe after this was 300, yes, which... Yes, which I saw and didn't care for and didn't realize it was the same guy. Yeah, it's not... That might have been the first movie I saw by him because I saw 300 in theaters okay. with my dad and my brother. I think my dad kind of liked it and I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> so it's technically good because it's pretty... It's a very faithful adaptation of the comic that it's based on, mm-hmm. which is relatively slim. And they and they actually like expanded on it in ways that are... Uh, kind of interesting. They, they, you know, fleshed out some characters, added some things. They added women. What a novel idea. Um, I mean, like one or two, not many. <laughs> don't yeah. don't get ahead of yourselves. It's not many. Lena Headley. Point is, it's technically good, but, like, it's not... Like, the source material is not good. I, yeah. I, I own the comic because I... Um, you know, I liked Frank Miller who wrote, wrote and drew the comic cause he did some Batman stuff and some other shit that I was, you know, thought was kind of interesting. I liked it. I really liked his art style, whatever. It doesn't matter. So I, I owned that comic and then they made it into a movie and I was like, yeah, this is technically good, but like, I didn't really enjoy it. I mean, there's stuff in it that's visually very appealing the way fucking music videos are, which is to say like in small bites, mm-hmm. but like. Not for the length of a film, and um, I was like, eh. I have, and I then, have said in the past also that I feel like it was important stylistically. Yeah. I mean, listen, it but... gave the world This Is Sparta. Yeah. Which is great. And then after that, I believe, because they're like, oh, look, he made a comic book movie and it made money, they gave him Watchmen, which I was immediately like, this is a bad fucking idea. Whatever, I'm not going to go into comics and all kinds of bullshit, but Watchmen is good as a book. Yeah. As a somewhat realistic nerd, I was always like, man, I would love to see a movie of this. That will never happen because it's unadaptable. Yeah. It's also very dense, very long, and you're not going to fit, you're just not going to fit all that into a movie. And I can say that definitively because Zack Snyder did not. Yeah. Well, I went, we went and saw that movie opening did. night, midnight show, and it was bad. It looked good at times because yeah. a lot of it was taken as close to directly from the comics as you could do. Yeah. Um, you know, Sin City did that sort of thing as well. Since yeah. I think Sin City is a much better movie than Watchmen, even though Sin City as a movie is like a lot thinner. Yeah. You know, it's it's in, it's semi interconnected noir short stories, and Watchmen is trying to tell this grand you know story about conspiracy and human endeavor and all this shit and the nature of evil. But the thing that really makes Watchmen sing is the ending, which gets totally just shredded in yeah, yeah, the film yeah. version, yeah. right? Because the the thing that makes Watchmen really work is that it's this like. It's 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 good on the level of literature, and then it ends with a giant space squid because it's a fucking comic book. Yeah, and it's it, it's a, it's a statement that comic books, graphic novels, which they weren't called at the time, they were just comic books, they were just for kids, could be, you know, reasoned with on an artistic level. Yeah, and they could be considered in the same you know way as literature and yep. you know, whatever. And but it's great because it it's unabashedly a comic book. Yeah, you know. People are in silly tights. There's, you know, and then there's a whole bunch of other, you know, subtext and and things in it. But this just does away with that silliness to be super gritty and serious so that you'll take it seriously. Because how could you take something seriously that's not inherently serious? So it just becomes a bunch of 9-11s at the end. Yeah. And that's Zack Snyder's whole thing is... I like comedy. But, like, the best comedy is made by people that take comedy really seriously. Yeah. They don't just, you know, 
I think we talked about this in um, Hubie Halloween. They don't just throw a bunch of jokes out and be like, who cares? Right. It's stuff is crafted with yes. like intent. Yeah. And that's why it works and that's why it holds up. Literally like anything that, you know, is like high art or whatever is it's intended to look effortless yeah. and hide all of the effort all that the went scenes, in to yeah. do it. Yes. Yeah. But uh, whether yeah, it's I was by using... practicing or specifically crafting that one thing. Sure. You know. I used comedy as an example because it's something yeah. that it seems, uh, you know, antithetical to take seriously. Because it's like, it's comedy. It's supposed to be fun. Don't take it seriously. But it's like, but by taking it seriously, you make the best comedy you can. Yeah. But that's the thing is Zack Snyder, I don't think, can wrap his head around a concept like that. I'd love to see Zack Snyder make a fucking comedy. It would be atrocious. <laughs> And like this has Dawn of the Dead has elements of comedy in it because the script was written by James Gunn, somebody who we, has proven since then he can handle comedy. Now I was familiar with James Gunn because I liked weird movies by this point, mm-hmm. um, and he did Tromeo and Juliet for Troma Films, which I still haven't seen yet, but I have seen other Troma works. Yeah, and I mean like Troma. I actually I watched all of not all probably most of the um, Toxic Avenger without you. It was on on demand once I got turned on to horror movies. So, and it's not really a horror movie. It's, yeah, it, it, trauma is it, boy. I could do a whole fucking episode just talking about trauma as a thing. Right. But the movies they make in house that are made by them are one thing. Yeah. And then, but they really, you know, they make a lot of their money the way studios used to, and, and you know, just licensing stuff. By, yeah, buying yeah. stuff and releasing it. Yeah. Um, and that is all of middling quality because they don't they don't oversee its production at all. It has sure. nothing to do with them until they buy a finished piece and put their name on it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Troma has kind of a bad rap. And I mean, honestly, even the stuff they put out is... It's splattery. It's, it's very splattery. frequently. It, it's politics are messy and yeah. definitely, in instances, capital P problematic. But mm. again, like, and I haven't seen anything they've put out, you know, super recently but like it was a different time and they were going for shock value yeah and to make people uncomfortable and whatever and you know so you kind of have to watch it with a grain of salt yeah that sort of thing um and even tromeo and juliet which i like has effects in it that are like kind of gross like really i'm like Ugh. and it has some like you know problematic moments but like the like concepts and the writing in it were like really good way better than like i was used to coming from trauma Sure. You know, for the most part, because I hadn't yet reconciled that they just bought things and put their names on them. You know, I was like, oh, boy, some of their movies are great and some of their movies are absolute trash, you know. Right. You start actually realizing that there's a pedigree to some of these things and that other things lack that. And that's why you get that quality difference. Yeah. Yeah. And like, again, even the stuff they put there that they make is a mess. I'm going to throw this out there. Like, you know, if you're listening to our podcast, we do tend to like name check a bunch of the actors in stuff and yeah. the director and then sometimes other people that have worked on the film if they've specifically done something very good or very bad. And this is because as Zack Snyder. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, you no, but I mean, like, I was yeah, making you... a joke. You were making a point. Welcome to yeah. our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm 50. Uh, 50 years old. Uh, Sorry, that's from really, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, so you can you can trace like a lineage of, you know, somebody's work and see how they've progressed or like who they work well with or oh, yeah, when yeah. things turn or like, you know, you could track all this stuff. Why was I talking about trauma films? Oh, James Gunn. I think the script is great, you know. I yes. Mean, you know. It's got a little bit of dick swinging. It's a product of its time. Sure. You know, it was the early 2000s. We were just moving out of the Doritos extreme 90s. Yeah. 
yeah it's a i mean like time <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean it, it's got some for lack of a better term edgelord you know moments in it yeah some stuff that's like i'm gonna push the boundaries but that he that was the thing he, he you know as a writer wanted to do sure um and he's made movies on his own like slither and stuff and they have moments like that yeah. as well uh super i think those are both like great movies i love super yeah <laughs> it's a lot with uh ryan yeah ryan, uh, rain, rain, wilson. Rain, rain wilson and uh elliot page yeah elliot yeah. page yeah yeah i think those are both great movies slither is super fun and gross yeah gun is going on to make the two guardians movies yeah um he's about to drop the um because it's not being called suicide squad 2 because i think they were like let's distance ourselves from that but Ugh. it is i mean like it's a smart move because that movie's not that good sure <laughs> turns out that movie's not good Tur- turns out being super fucking serious all the time yeah. and grim sucks yeah in fact and hunter's gonna yell about comics now that's the fucking problem with comic book that's why comics as an industry almost fucking died <laughs> because there's no fun in it everything was grim gritty garbage that only appeals to some people Mm -hmm. but they were like oh well nothing can be fun you can't enjoy things you know because we want to take it seriously it's only serious if their parents got murdered oh his sister was like raped to death by an evil demon possessing an alien it's like geez can't shit can't somebody just get a magic ring like can't shit just be fun yeah it took a long time for comics to come back around to being fun Mm -hmm. And now they're like, we should make comic book movies. Let's adapt the worst era. Yeah. I mean, not not everybody's doing that, but that's what DC are just like, oh, man, we want to really appeal to the fucking tryhards and the edgelords and shit. It's got to be real grim. Superman, he's got to break some necks. It's like, wow. Yeah. What a thing that is antithetical to the character of Superman that you've made him do. That's the thing that bothers me the most about adaptations are if you're telling an original story, but you're not really nailing the character tone. Because then it makes it feel like you don't understand what you're adapting from and you don't get what people liked about the original one. And it's hard to say that that is Zack Snyder's fault, except that I can look at his filmography (laughs) and it's there. Like that shit is too it's too visually dark to be fun like they, they you know they're trying to make they're trying to take comic books and make it look like fuck i don't know call of duty or something like it's gritty and everybody's got weaponry and like dumb shit batman drives a fucking tank yeah stuff's and dirty and greasy and all the colors are muted and yeah. all that stuff and that's why like you know wonder woman comes out which has like it still isn't like it right. still has moments that are yeah kind of grim kind of muted but there's a little bit of sunlight but yeah but there's moments where you're like oh there's fun in this yeah and that character was like fun there was humor in in a way that was really not present in dc movies till that point yeah that was why I was like, oh, this movie's fucking great. Rewatching it, I'm like, oh, it's actually just very good. Yes. But at the time, it felt like a breath of fresh air. I mean, yeah. also, look, a woman. Yes. Everyone, look. Yeah. Look, I found one. Yeah. These are whole other conversations yeah. for a whole other podcast yep. called Listen to Grandpa Yell About Pop Culture. You're all stupid. He will be our new god. So yeah, after Watchmen, Zack Snyder did. He produced the Ow- the Owls of Gahul movie. We didn't see that but tina did right yeah it is yeah. cg it's based on a book series yeah. um that's called the owls of gahul and they're you know some studio was like oh we should adapt this but also that name is not gonna sell so let's call it legend of the guardians colon yeah. the owls of gahul there's not a handful of words that are less interesting to me in an order than that legend and guardians are pretty generic words that don't mean anything yeah and then owls is kind of interesting i'm like okay owls of gahul i'm like well i don't know what that is yeah because no one knows what that is sure and that's fine but it's a hard sell so my joke 
after that, like, that movie was about to come out, and they're like, Zack Snyder's going to direct the Superman movie. And I'm like, okay, like, he did Dawn of the Dead. That was good. He did some other stuff that had promise. Maybe the fault in those things lay more in studio interference or in the source material or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, but Superman, like, yeah. I can see bold visuals, which he has. Yeah. Like this, there's tons of great visuals in this. Just stylish in a way that's like almost minimalist. Yeah. Like just showing you very specific details uh, of scenes that really drive things home in a a tactile way. Sure. Like Sarah Pauly stepping out of the tub in the beginning, like barefoot onto the bathroom mat. And, you know, it's in the middle of a zombie attack, you know, whatever. But like, it's such a relatable tactile experience that like, it really grounds me as a viewer in that moment. Right. And then also like, he's known for like all the slow-mo stuff. Yeah. That's a big part of his style. It works, I think, a lot here because you have the running zombies and some fast motion. And so it ends up being a bit more playful visually because you have you know slowed down or pensive moments interspersed with much quicker sequences yeah i have no problem with uh slow motion i have a problem with slow motion when just like anything when it's overused yeah um i I like it more when it makes some kind of sense so like uh when tarsum singh did it in the immortals i found that much more interesting because it had a sort of you know it was a stylistic choice that had a logic behind it and then even here i could see it as being a stylistic choice that like works with how other things are shot as like a counterbalance also it's technically not slow motion it's something else there's another term for what it is okay well yeah it's it's close up although some of them were slowed down as well no no i'm just saying like zack snyder's whole thing yeah yeah yeah. that visual style is technically not slow motion that's a different shooting style i don't remember there's a term i i didn't know this i was i was like oh it's just slow motion it's not i also thought it works in 300 in a way because it gives that frozen in time feeling right um, you're trying to really get like a comic book panel in style. But it also it also goes even past comic books to be, you know, cuz it's it's a it's a Grecian epic. Yeah. So it kind of has that like Oh, like a freeze or something. Yeah, Interesting. Or illustrated on a shield or whatever. It, cool. it kind of Yeah. harkens to that. Also, it was way easier for me to come looking at all those abs, baby. <laughs> oh, cuz I didn't have to pause it at all. The movie paused it for me. Oh god. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about the movie. In brief, this is a zombie movie. Overnight, things go from the world is normal to... The world is a vampire. Uh, no, okay, so, like, we also talked about this while we were watching the movie. The needle drops that they do are actually usually pretty fun in this, and yeah, I really I appreciate it. soundtrack choices in this are great, for the most part. Because, yeah, they do, um... When the man comes to town, is that... Man comes around. Man comes around. Johnny uh, Cash. Yes. Johann Sebastian Cash. <laughs> yeah, and they do... Uh... Which is great, and uh, still, to this day, that was not the first time I'd heard it, but that was the first time I'd heard it that loud. <laughs> like, it was just, like, in a theater, yeah, you know, and they sure. have the volume cranked up. It was so fucking loud, and just, like, with the news footage and, you know, thing, it was so, like, sensory overload that it still gives me chills, like, to hear. It's great. It's That's so, cool. It was so effective in the theater. Yeah, because it's put over the uh, opening credits and stuff. Yeah. yeah. The opening credits, which come, like, 15 or 20 minutes into the movie, which is yeah. cool. Well, yeah, this has a very nice structure where you have like a pre-credit sequence or not even sequence there's like several scenes and then credits and then the bulk of the movie and then you get kind of an epilogue almost during the, during end, the credits. end credits. Yeah. Oh yeah, storytelling yeah. wise I think this is like incredibly solid. Yeah. 
it does its due diligence mm -hmm. with all the normal zombie shit. Laying some track in the background if you're paying attention. And then getting to zombies fucking so fast. Yeah. Immediately. Yep. This was post 28 Days Later, which was the revival of the zombie as a viable and profitable movie monster that could be in a major theatrical release. Yep. And that was also the, you know, instigation, uh, you know, of the fast zombies. Yes. Which... I find very scary. Yeah. I think that was my biggest takeaway from this when we first watched it yeah, yeah. all those years ago was I'm like, man, fast zombies are scary. <laughs> yeah, dude. That was a game changer. Yeah. At this point, like people were like, we were hungry. We were as hungry as zombies for more zombies. So when, yeah. when you go to sit down in a movie that's going to be like, hey, zombies are in this. You're like, just please get there. And it yeah, gets cause... there immediately. And you're like, oh, this is great. Because then, in the middle, when it slows down and you can, you know, develop all your characters, you're not waiting for something to happen. Stuff's already happened, and now, like, it's it's more well-balanced, you yeah. know? Because a lot of older horror movies would start slow, build your characters, then have a big second into third act, you know, and your big crescendo. Right. Um, and this is, like, super well-paced, very fun. You were talking about the soundtrack. Yeah. So, no, yeah, I Man mean... Comes Around is over the opening theme. Um, one montage is set to uh, Richard Cheese, uh, cover of uh, Disturbs, Down with the Sickness, which is great. Yeah, it's very jazzy, and He's I love singer. it. That's his bit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, I know. And and it's just, it's, it's laughing at itself, because it's the kind of thing you would expect in, like, a very, like, you know, Cox Out Boys kind of movie. <laughs> 300 yeah 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 it, <laughs> i it's, remember it's, specifically it's, saying that in the theater yeah it's that kind of like cock rock but it's subverted <laughs> can't believe that got no reaction. i'm sorry man <laughs> no no i'm not saying you're God. wrong i'm just saying it's that's a like you have no comment on that no it's fine uh you were they, saying they had, like, i believe that in any other movie from this era, they would play a bunch of fucking aggro-ass fucking, you know, dickhead rock. Yeah. And this was a parody of that, and that you found refreshing, yes? Is that your point? Yeah, and uh, I don't know. You use the co word cock a lot more than I did. Yeah, well, it's me. I understand. <laughs> Uh, I didn't, I actually forgot to look up the, there's another song that plays during like, uh, what I call the A-Team montage where they're building their, uh, military vehicles. Um, oh yeah. But it's, it's not my favorite song or anything, but I like it because yeah, it's, you know, it's like rock, you know, but it's like female vocals yeah. and it's not as crunchy or whatever. And then during the end credits, they uh, they actually play Disturbed, which I, I told you uh, yeah, while we were you watching liked. it. Yeah. It makes me laugh because it functions as a callback to, hey, remember how funny it was earlier when we played the lounge singer version of this? Yeah. And so when it comes on and they're they're arguably playing it straight and being like, look, here's the aggro thing that all your edgelord boys were like, you know, horny for. It's like, yeah, but y'all are dorks. <laughs> Here you go at the end. You probably already left because you have no appreciation for fine cinema. Yeah. I think there were a couple of other songs in there that I missed. The there's, only there's other some background music and, the and there's also the music I... playing in the mall. So. Yeah, I was going to say, the only other thing I remember is the thing where they're all in the elevator together and it's a Muzak version of All Out of Love. Yep. And CJ's like, I like this song. I like this song. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so it's a, this is a remake of, as you mentioned, George Romero's 1984, I think. Um, 1978. 78? Yeah. For real? I looked it up. Wow. Before we started, because I knew we were going to talk about it. Wow. Yep. Uh, 1978, then. Um, Dawn of the Dead, which mm -hmm. was the sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And they also did Day of the Dead. Yeah, they did. He, he had yeah. a whole... George Romero... <sighs> 
this also could be a whole, and I'm not super well versed in it. Um, mm-hmm. There's actually a book coming out about Romero uh, that I really want to read. Okay. Now, now that he has passed, rest in yeah. peace. But like he got, he was done dirty by Hollywood because the dude popularized zombies, one of the more you know popular subgenres of like modern monster horror, mm-hmm. and constantly had to fight to get movies made. Nobody ever was just like, yeah, you did Night of the Living Dead. It's it's a universally recognized classic. Here, make more. And then he, you know, when he, it was years until he could make Dawn of the Dead. And when mm-hmm. he made that, that, I, I don't know about box office or whatever, but like, I grew up knowing Dawn of the Dead as a thing that was great. Yeah. Like, everybody was like, oh, that movie's amazing. You know, yeah. and I was like, I don't watch horror, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I finally did, I was like, this is incredible. And it, it was, you know, a movie just like Night of the Living Dead that had substance. Yeah. It had, you know, besides being good and well-made and blah, blah, it was about something. There was subtext. Yeah. Uh, in a way that like other movies of that era didn't always speak to me in that way sure the idea that like what do zombies do they do whatever the fuck they did when they were alive because we're all just programmed you know like Mm -hmm. sense memory so like why are they at the mall i guess they spent a lot of time here they they bring that up in this as well but that's and uh andy kind of does that with the board board, and it's chilling yeah it's great yeah and just yeah that that concept I think that's the first time that was ever brought up. Like, hey, why are why would they do that? Why would you know? Why would a zombie construction worker go back or stay at his construction site? It's like that's what he did. That's yeah. what's what they knew, you know. Yeah. And that and that in its own way is chilling. You yeah. know, if you think about your I your mean, life and what you know, because God forbid I got turned into a zombie and went back to work. I mean, I've definitely had moments like that though, where if I would take the same route to multiple locations and I wasn't thinking about it hard enough, I'd start walking to yeah, yeah. school when I actually meant to walk to the post office or whatever. Yeah, you're used and to then, turning at this time. And yes, yeah, yeah. and then I would realize partway through and have to loop back. And it's I'm kind of the way highway hypnosis yeah, works. Yeah, where you're like, oh, I didn't even realize I was home. Yeah, and the thing is, like, our bodies are very much suited to habit because we do a lot of mental processing and the less we have to do for mundane things the more you can be worrying about your own death or whatever yeah so i mean like my ideal situation if i was ever to turn into a zombie is that then i would just come and do a podcast (laughs) yeah okay you'll just hear like you'll be like oh wow i can't believe uh you know can't believe hate watch great watch is putting out new episodes even during the zombie apocalypse like i'll download this because like boy what else what other option do i have and it's just like hello humans yeah it's the, it's the theme music <laughs> and then it's just like watch today talk about trufo <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. So, yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for as long as possible, I guess. Yeah, we will Things definitely. Things are going to get crazy. Yeah, we're going to, like, like the fucking, uh, like, the musicians on the Titanic. <laughs> it's a zombie apocalypse. Um, our main character is uh, Annie, a nurse played by Sarah Polly. She eventually makes her way to the mall, the Crossroads Mall. Mm-hmm. And that's where the bulk of the movie takes place. And then when that no longer becomes a viable place to stay, they formulate a plan to go to the marina and get on a boat and find an island where they can hopefully be safe. That's, yeah. that's the whole that's the whole movie. Okay. I, I feel like Zack Snyder, even though I have problems with his direction sometimes, he can direct very competently. And he picks sometimes some very interesting shots to include, either as establishing shots or as interstitials or whatever. Yeah. You know. Okay, so let me try and elaborate on Zack Snyder 
my opinion of Zack Snyder. I don't think he's a bad director. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. You know, a bad director would be like, I have no idea what this shot is about. I have no idea what emotions they're trying to convey. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Like, those are bad direction No, like, he'll, he'll linger on people to let his actors emote. Yeah. And that's good. He's... And he'll... I think he picks bad projects and i think he has poor taste and as his and like obviously america disagrees with me because he's profitable but as his box office cred uh you know rises people are less interested in reining him in yeah i think he's kind of a you know he's kind of an edgelord he's kind of a dude who's like i'm extreme nobody can nobody can i'm gonna i'm gonna blow the doors off it you know or whatever and and it's just like again it just manifests as grim gritty overly serious masturbatory garbage yeah but i mean Um, like at the very beginning of the movie he has this overhead shot of like the suburban neighborhood and you see everybody's pools and stuff and all the little houses and all that it's good it's a weird pick because like aerial shots like that i guess are like kind of hard to do or annoying or whatever not anymore baby drones why well, no shits on drones have you noticed that have you heard about any i mean we used to do helicopter footage and this is just making it more accessible no, i don't see I... why that's a bad thing no i don't either I, I i i mean you can misuse it like anything just like anything i mean i think it's the same thing as everybody was shitting on parkour for a while just because everybody was like oh i like parkour we should put more parkour in things like good you know. parkour sequences make movies excellent right like when james bond does it yeah dude the opening to Casino Royale is it's great. Amazing. Um, I actually think the parkour in that really bad, the fourth Die Hard. Oh. I think that's Live Free or Die Hard. Maybe. But like the yeah. the bad guys and I mean they're nobody bad guys. Like they yeah. don't have any character or anything. But like there's two like assassiny guys and they yeah. kind of do some parkour and I was like, oh, this actually looks good. Yeah. It's fun to watch people do this stuff. Yeah. And I think drones are like that. It's just it's people who notice a trend and decide, well, I have to be on the other side of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? Contrarians. It's yeah. contrarians who are like, people seem to like this. Well, I probably hate it then. Here's the nuance. You can dislike things, even popular things, if you can back up why you dislike them. Right. I'm, I'm just saying. Like, no, I know. Like, yeah, yeah and you're free to like or dislike anything well, you want. And also... I just think it's silly when people hate something that is totally fine and innocuous. Also, like, on top of that, I feel like this movie is just emblematic of the fact that, like, there's a lot of things that I don't really care for. I don't really like Zack Snyder movies. I don't really like Westerns. But you can always find something that is the exception to the rule... You know, because nothing is wholesale bad. No genre is wholesale bad. Westerns and stuff, we've talked about that there's a couple of, like, you know, genre-bending ones that I really enjoy. We watched uh, Bone Tomahawk as uh, one of your, one of the uh, Halloween movies. That's a horror western that I fucking love. It's fucking weird. Yeah, it's very, it's very strange. Yeah. Um, There's... so yeah, like, like that's my that's my argument is that like you can't just nix everything. Just just give things a chance. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yep. Let's see. We also talked about like Zack Snyder being excessive. He's again, I think more reined in this movie, but we do I think three propane tank explosions <laughs> that are big and fiery and loud. <laughs> But they all seem to happen in the third act, which is why it's, you know, some I'm willing to give it a pass. But like, yeah, by the time the third one happens, I'm like, dude, like, get another move. You know, all that stuff is built into the world. Like, they had propane tanks and whatever else. Yeah. They use one to get out of the gun shop and then one in the, you know, to get through the crowd and then one on the docks. Yeah. And like, yes, it's all the third acts all very close together. But that was part of their, like, escape arsenal. Yeah. So that that makes sense. But like otherwise, what, it's three different ways to get explosions? I don't know. I just, I, you know, 
I'm always a little uh, suspicious, I guess, of like the big fiery explosions. Like, you know, Hollywood making things that don't make sense to explode like that explode like that. And this, at least, it was propane tanks. They are going to be big and fiery. So why are you annoyed at the explosions in this? Well, again, because I think it was like a little bit repetitive, but it was a tactic that served that purpose. And I don't know. I don't know what I... Okay. Well, my issue with that is, yeah, if there's three of them, you don't need the second one. I know it serves a narrative purpose, but again, like, it's only in there to have that really cool overhead shot where you see the shockwave rippling through the crowd of zombies. Yeah. You know, and that's very cool. And I think that justifies doing that shot. But when they're in the gun shop and CJ, you know, is like, hey, how about we attach a road flare to a propane tank and then I shoot it from the roof and I'll blow a bunch of zombies up and we can get out of here. Yeah. It gives the line that I really liked where uh, Nicole is like, how do we know if he hits it? Oh, yeah. And then there's a giant <laughs> explosion. Yeah, yeah. But when CJ does that, it seems like he's just come up with that. Then they run back to the mall. Turns out they've always had like propane road flare things. Oh, it's a thing that he had thought of before. And we yeah. do see him measuring a propane tank at one point during like the building, the, the A-Team montage. Oh, okay. Um, To see if it fits out the hole. Huh. Uh, that's what I assumed. I didn't, yeah. I didn't notice that. That's actually kind of interesting. Maybe I'm being too hard on it. But the way he is like, how about this? It, it felt like, oh, I just figured this cool stopgap solution out. And then it's yeah. like, no, we have a bunch of those back at the house. Well, like, and, and, and then that's what, uh, he also does for his ultimate sacrifice thing at the end of the Yeah, box, yeah, yeah. And that's which, what I mean. Uh, like those two, the we, escaping the gun store yeah. and the sacrifice on the dock yeah. are both really great. Yeah. Because they, and they both work. And they're good, you know, big Because they're moments. backed up by the narrative and yeah. also by, you know, just the getting one-liners in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, a mo- they, yeah. they have moments. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas the one in the crowd, I think, isn't a moment, it's a visual. Right. But it's really good. Yeah, okay. It's very interesting and unique and something that I hadn't seen especially. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it in, like, a film. Like, probably in video games and things you can see stuff like that. Yeah. But... Yeah, and that's a cool, that's a real cool visual. Like I said, that's probably been in, like, video games or something. There's Swordfish, which opens with a big explosion that, because bullet time had just been invented, mm-hmm. they were like, ooh, no, 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 now we're gonna have bomb time. So then the camera moves along the shockwave of the bomb, and you watch people, like, fly back as the shockwave hits them, which is similar, but a lot closer on the ground, mm-hmm. and different, and also so silly. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen Swordfish, so I can't, uh... Boy, we gotta do swordfish. Okay. It's it's yeah. bad, but I kind of love it because it's just so it's uh, unabashedly dumb. I was gonna say it's another like edge lord kind of thing, right? Cause it's where a dude has to hack into a thing while getting a blowjob. Is that this? He has to. He, by the way, Wolverine, his own self, uh-huh. Hugh Jackman, has to hack some unhackable thing in half the time anyone has ever hacked it before while getting a blowjob with a gun held to his head. That's a lot. Pretty hot. <laughs> it's not 300 hot <laughs> but maybe if you slow it down uh-huh. um no so having the three of those explosions so close together kind of is like eh. two of them serve an actual purpose and one is kind of worth it it's my argument for the the kkk scene in django unchained yeah where they come over the hill and they're like you know i can't see with this hood and one guy has eye holes and he's like oh who cut the eye holes in daryl's hood and he's, my wife did it and they're like can you get your wife to cut off you know whatever it's like really really silly it's like something out of yeah. fucking blazing saddles sure but it's so good that it's like yeah just leave like 
Other, that's the only thing I think you could cut from the movie to to make that runtime shorter because that was a bladder buster for me in the theaters. Like I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna pee my pants. Like mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but you can't cut that. It's it's actually like really good. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't do anything. It's just really fun. Right. And this is kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I don't know. I don't know how big an explosion a propane tank would make. Um, yeah. I think they might be a little big in this. Couldn't tell you. And don't honestly don't want to find out. I'm sure I could YouTube it. I'm sure somebody's blown up a propane tank, propane tank in their backyard. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. I don't always love uh, Zack Snyder's visual style. I do think that he does some very good things in this. Yeah. The continued use of explosions and their sort of repetitive nature because it's the same source every time and it's they're almost like similar looking uh, well, makes it a little... I don't know. I think the three of them are actually even shot differently. Yeah. The first one we don't even see. Oh, yeah, I guess... No. No. When CJ shoots it from the roof, it's a shot of CJ and the wall. Yeah. And you see flame come up in the lower third of the screen a little mm, bit, like okay. so- somewhat slowed down. Sure. And we get the inside shot where everything lights up red from the explosion when yeah. she says, "How will we know if he hits it?" Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. The second one we see from overhead, and the third one we actually see from like the way you'd see a normal explosion yeah. in a movie, like side on. And I, I didn't even finish what I was saying with sometimes he does stuff that I really, really like, like the overhead shot in the neighborhood and when uh, she's washing her hands and it's from beneath the water. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like that does anything, you know, storytelling wise. It just it looks cool and interesting and it's a weird. Well, that's what I was saying you know. um, earlier. I mean, it, about... it kind of puts more emphasis on blood, I guess, in the fountain, which then like later there's a fight scene in that area. So maybe like subconsciously you're associating it with that or something. I don't know. That might be me over analyzing that but maybe but yeah i don't know i thought it looked cool i liked it um you know that's what i was saying about those very tactile moments yeah 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 Yeah, like okay we see her washing her hands whatever but then to shoot it from below is a visually more interesting yeah and b gives your focus only on that yeah and i think that's that makes you that really zeroes me in as a viewer on like that's what's happening in this moment you know like and the idea that like oh she's had blood on her hands for six hours you know who knows Mm -hmm. it's a focal image you know a focal point thing that i like Mm -hmm. okay so sarah polly is a nurse uh it starts with her at the hospital and whatever she's trying to finagle a three-day weekend um she goes home and she's trying to have you know she has like a romantic date night with her her boyfriend or husband or whatever they have rings not a jewelry guy um (laughs) so yeah they you know they're they're, in the shower during a they're having shower sex while Mm -hmm. the uh news you know or whatever show oh they're watching shit something antiques roadshow let's say and uh it's interrupted by like breaking news zombies exist and that's happening now i don't think they even say that i think it's just that no, like a, you that's, know... a, that's an exact quote oh zombies God. exist and that's happening now and you probably can't hear this if you're fucking in the shower hope it's good and then he sings 45 minutes of splish splash i was taking a bath which is weird oh when she got home she like pulls into the driveway and like the neighbor girl is out there oh uh, yeah is she on a uh, bike right rollerblades dude rollerblades i was taking a note Oh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. She's, oh, yeah. She's like, look, I can skate backwards. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, oh, cool. Well, maybe tomorrow, you know, we'll do some backwards laps. And she's like, oh, great. After their, you know, sex night, the, she and the husband are in bed. Then the weirdest thing in the whole movie happens, which is the neighbor girl is in the house and he's not that weirded out by it, which is some the room shit. Yeah. Where Denny just fucking comes into their house all the time and it's just like, oh, hey. Hey, Johnny. Well, I... How's it going? And he's like, oh, hey, Danny, I never lock my fucking door. Who cares? I'm from Kansas. I thought he seemed a little concerned that she was there, but recognized her, so wasn't immediately like... 
You're like, I think he knew something was happening, but okay, maybe not. No, no, you're probably no, right. Think... I just was thinking about my reaction to waking up and seeing anybody that doesn't live in my house in, like, the hallway. I'd be like, fuck are you doing in my house? Yeah, I mean, and that's... Fuck I... are you doing in my house, little girl? I think that's kind of Vivian. what was happening, but, like, you know. Yeah, he just woke little, up. She's a little girl. He's a, yeah, grown man and stuff, and, you know. So you can't be like, what the fuck are you doing in here, kid? It's just like... Disagree. I thought he was like, hey, honey, what's wrong? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. she, like, steps forward into the light and has her face torn off, and that's, he's like... That's all very freaks true. Freaks out, yeah. That's all very true. But the fact that he didn't seem weirded out that a stranger, not stranger, a neighbor was in their house when presumably they had locked all the doors and windows. Yeah. Which, again, weird. The neighborhood I grew up in, we knew all of our neighbors and stuff. And yeah, it's had, a cul-de-sac, like, and I guess, and, yeah. but it's just weird. It's, yeah, but so, like, I feel like that would be kind of like that... You know, similar reaction if, like, any of the neighborhood kids showed up in my house. Is, You're right. You know. As you said, she steps forward, her whole face, like, chewed off. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, what's wrong? And goes to help her, and she bites his throat out. There's a cool... It's gotta be a stunt person thing, because, like, um, Sarah Polly, like, kicks Vivian out into the hallway, mm-hmm. and she, like, slides back on the rug. Yeah. Um, and she, like, stops and, like, looks at her for a minute, like, laying there, and then they cut to, like, Vivian, like, leaps up in a real cool... Like, it's creepy. It's very, like, feral, you know? Yeah. Husband is, you know, he dies. Okay. We're, we're trying to, you know, bounce through this. He's not important. It's sad. Becomes a zombie and, like, lunges at her. Um, she throws herself into the bathroom and there's another overhead shot. Sarah probably, like, like rocketing back against the tub and then falling into the tub. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, I was watching it like, oh fuck. Like, that looks like it hurt. Like, that stunt woman, like, that looks like it fucking hurts. I think I missed that because it's I real was brief. taking a note, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and like, it's, I was just like, ugh. Yeah, we do a nod to The Shining. Yeah, he fucking headbutts through the door. It's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. Here's zombie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, this is the her foot coming out, like, because it's quiet all of a sudden, you know. He was like, rah, 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 and then it's quiet. So she, like, steps out, and it's just a close-up of, like, her foot hitting the bath mat. And that was a moment where I was like, oh, I know exactly what that feels like. And that really grounds me in that moment and makes that tension more, like, present. Yeah, that's interesting because also i think like that's maybe sort of what they tell you to do for like immersion therapy and stuff like that oh well no it's anxiety it's it's going through your your sensory like feedback and stuff and you know really trying to be present in your body and your breathing and everything but then here it's sort of used to like subvert that because it's it's putting you in in a very physical space with these characters and then making fucked up stuff happen around them (laughs) yeah and yeah, then she is listening at the door and then um, The Shining. Yeah. The nod to The Shining. Which, I, you know, I don't know if it's intentionally a nod to The Shining, if it's, it's intended be, as that, but it definitely seems like it. So there's some specific references to the original uh, Dawn of the Dead, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff in this. Um, and there's not a ton of things that are ov- as overt references to other things except maybe that uh yeah she climbs out the bathroom window she gets in the car outside her neighbor is on the front lawn with a gun and she's like just tell me what's going on and he's like get out of the you know get back get away from me even though he's walking towards her and she's not moving and she's next to her car across the street and he walks into the street and they get hit by an ambulance yeah which is like kind of stupid but funny people getting hit by an ambulance isn't as funny to me i don't know what to tell you my thing with it is it seems a little early even in a zombie apocalypse to be just wholesale mowing people down yeah you know like later on at the mall like there's a lot of there's trucks and shit and you're driving over zombies but like this is like the outbreak yeah and it just seems a little early for these ambulance drivers to be like fuck it I think this is the thing that like attracted a lot of people to uh walking dead is that this manages to do both like 
the part of the zombie movie where everybody's freaked out and then the part of the zombie movie where everybody's bored and you don't usually get to see that part. And that was sort of like the, the Walking Dead was, you know, he wakes up after all the chaos yeah. in in the first episode. Like, yeah. you know, so it, it gets you into this, like, the aftermath thing much faster yeah. than is usually told in, you know, zombie movies and stuff. And so it's taking it from a much different perspective. Whereas, like, this is, like, doing... I'll, you know, like it's it's different stages. Yeah. Yeah, and the time the timeline is a little fuzzy. Yeah. In this, and I mean, like, you definitely get like a montage of them like having day to day life yeah, in the getting, mall getting and used stuff. To living and in the mall. Um, that's where a lot of it's very funny too, because it's just like, yeah, like yeah, w- w- you make, know, you yeah, make making, do. making your own fun, and some of it's very silly. So yeah. uh... So I watched, uh, while we were setting up, like, to record, um, I watched the featurette on the DVD about, uh, you know, the makeup and stuff, and apparently the the first stage of makeups were all the, like, outbreak day, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just, like, people who otherwise look normal except for whatever the injury is that turned them into a zombie, mm-hmm. right? The bite or whatever, um, and any related injuries but there's no yeah. decay right so then the second stage was the whole middle of the movie which they said was like one to two weeks later so like the woman that was in the truck or pregnant woman i yeah. can't remember anybody's name some of them didn't actually get names in yeah fact, i the, mean the woman in the truck they specifically go oh she, she died without a name. a name the pregnant yeah. woman is luda yes oh yes you're right yeah oh Ina plays luda oh okay you're talking the actress okay. yeah yeah as long as yeah. we're naming yeah, people yeah. I was going to say, so the husband comes out of the house and, like, leaps onto the hood of the car, and Sarah Polly drives away, and the husband falls off the car and is chasing after her for a little bit until he just sees a nearby other victim, and he just, you know, that's easier to mm-hmm. get to, and he's, you know, this primal creature now, so he chases that person down, and then there's a canned scream. Yeah, which I couldn't place, and so I asked you about it, because I'm like, it's not a Wilhelm scream, I can recognize that, but it's something else that I've definitely heard in other films yeah and it's i I recognize it from the opening to scream where you know you have your drew barrymore cold open and then when the logo comes up there's a bunch of like phone and screaming sounds yeah like a soundscape yeah a little sound collage thing and that's that's one of them in there uh-huh. So, yeah, there's probably, like, a name for it. <laughs> yeah, man, it sounds got to come from somewhere. You can't always pay an intern to yell. Well. I mean, I guess you can. Yeah, but... I was going to say, then get an unpaid intern to yell. <laughs> like... <laughs> there's some, there's a, there's a little bit of a traffic jam on the freeway, and while she's, like, stopped waiting to see what the hell's going on, a guy tries to break into her car. So she drives off and ends up going over a ravine, crashing her car into a tree, and we hard cut into the credits, the opening credits, uh, yeah. and it's great. Yeah. So then she wakes up and, like, stumbles out of the car, and Ving Rames is there. Yeah. Um, Ken. He's Ken. Which might be a nod to Ken Forey, who's in the other one, who's actually in this as the televangelist at one uh-huh, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who says that all this is happening because of man-on-man relations and, you know, whatever. And, yeah. and then he says the, the, the big line, which is... You know, when hell is full, the dead shall walk the earth. And it's fucking great. And Ken Forey is awesome. Mm-hmm. Hi, Ken. If you ever want to come on the podcast, please. <laughs> but, yeah, he uh, points a shotgun at her and goes, uh, say something. Yeah. Because I think, because he's quick on the uptake and yep. notices that uh, these things can't talk. Yep. They can just emit guttural growls. Yeah. And she and says, please. Yeah. 
he doesn't really say anything. It's cool. Uh, th- there's a, there's a lot of economy of storytelling. They don't drag ass with anything really yeah. belaboring points. There's no conversation between the two of them where she's like, "Can I come with you?" Like, I don't have any weapons. Uh, you know, you're a cop and you have a gun and you're a you're Ving fucking Rames. Like, right. you know, you maybe can take care of me till I can yeah, till we he, can find somewhere safe to be. Like, he's ridiculously swollen everything, but this included. He looks great. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that fucking, you know, Marcellus Wallace build. Yeah, I know. He just looks like a fucking ass kicker. Yeah. Um, like a shit brick house. Yeah. He just, like, kind of looks at her and starts walking and she goes with him. And they walk through a tunnel and as they're coming out, uh, shots ring out and bullets ricochet off the wall. And it's Mackay Pfeiffer, Luda, which we mentioned, um, and Jake Weber mm-hmm. as uh, Michael. So Ken's whole thing, Bing Rames' whole thing, is he wants to get to... F- one of the, the the local like military base. I didn't realize it was military base, but I thought it was just another town or something. Oh no, but, military base. Okay, I thought it was military. I I always assumed it was military. I oh. think because there's a thing later on when we get the um the the Ken Forey scene. Yeah. Um, there's a guy on TV who is I thought he looked military, saying like come to Fort whatever the hell. Oh. Because that's what they were talking about going to the fort and the helicopter, the military helicopters oh. from the fort, and that's what they were waiting for. Help. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No, I thought it was just like Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, I think I it's a base. It. Yeah. No, I I thought it was a town that his brother was in that he wanted to get to and yeah then, no i think his brother's yeah. supposed to be military in it but yeah he wants to get there and you know they're like maybe you could get there if you get across the roads but the roads are choked with zombies and you know, yeah he's like how do you know and uh you know they say like we just came from that direction which they say a couple of times yeah, yeah, yeah. and things and i'm like i mean come i mean on. you know why they know right like, exactly maybe this time yeah but then there it happens again later on with uh the tailies is how good it... <laughs> no they they're in the mall and a big rig comes in and stuff and it's got more people and he again is talking about going to the fort and it's like you know oh well, it's overrun well how do you know we just yeah. came from there i'm like yeah we did this yeah you know which, and i mean yeah. like it makes sense for him to ask because sure. that's, that's his motivation like he just wants to save yeah. his brother yeah um, which is why it's a great there's a character moment built out of that where uh when he tells andy that the fort has fallen and you know help's not coming mm-hmm. and andy just goes all right so what's the bad news yeah um and you know they he immediately like he's like all right we're on the same page like you know we're pals now yeah and then they, they go into that montage but that's why that moment works mm-hmm. you know because that's the only thing we know we know two things about him he's a cop and he wants to get to the fort to rescue his brother yeah so yeah i mean that's and that that's when we settle into the you know character defining uh portion of the film yeah um but yeah so our original group goes to oh but i did want to mention i like the one line um jake weber says he's like yeah we just came from that way and then he kind of says like that was when there was eight of us yeah and i was like I, I like that. I like you yeah. know. I like the idea that it's it's a world building thing that like right. these characters existed before they were on screen. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, it's easy to do, but not everything does it. So yeah. I appreciate it when it's done. Absolutely. And yeah, and it takes two seconds, and you know, and it makes it much more harrowing and all that. Like it's yeah, it's a good use. Yeah. Um. They decide to go to the mall because they want to get some orange Julius. <laughs> and just think this over. Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, a makeshift fortress that is close to you. Yeah. You know, someplace that's multi-leveled and stuff and that has food and, you know, supplies. And some sort of ingrained security. Yeah. You know, Mall, Mall has 
malls have security. They have, you know, yeah, security like, gates. And as we see, like in the movie, you have those uh, pull down things in front of the stores and yeah. all the doors can be locked and there's cameras. And, you know, we've, we've talked about this before that, like, it's annoying to viewers to have characters do things that don't make sense or that, like, you wouldn't do in that situation and stuff. And so, like, like I'm, I'm saying, like, it sounds like, a, you know, we're overanalyzing it to be like, oh, Maul would be a decent choice, but, like, th- this stuff matters. Yeah, and as you're... somebody who, you know, came of age at a certain era when there were a lot of zombie movies, and one of the prevalent conversations of my youth was, you know, what if a zombie attack happened, what would you do? Which yeah. is the thing I've talked about with many different people. I don't mm-hmm. instigate it. Right, it just happens. Yeah, um, and I have shown that I'm pretty good at thinking about these things. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I grew, uh, you know, where where my mom's house is, where I grew up, I'm equidistant between two like schools, a grade school and a high school, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh yeah, either of those would do. The grade school's probably better because it's on less, it's a less traveled boulevard kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, the high school is a little bit easier to get to, more direct path from like major, you know, travel things. But yeah. Um, but yeah. And the, it's like the entire good. yeah the entire first floors of those things have like you know wire on the windows yeah. and like yeah they're hard to they're fenced in which yeah. is like I mean not insurmountable but yeah. uh you know so it's extra you would anticipate them to have food and medical supplies and yeah, something yeah a mall is a good choice and you know I mean in in Romero's original he was, he was making points about consumerism and you know. Yeah. That kind of thing. And this, again, touches on that, but it's not as focused on that. It's, you know, it does its, again, due diligence by being like, think about this maybe, but also we're here to have a good time. Yeah. So, so yeah, they break in, in what I refer to as Zack Snyder's entire career focused down into one concentrated image, Uh um, which is a toilet flying through a window and look how big and shattery all that glass is from that toilet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, it's because they got into the mall from, like, a back way, but then were stuck in a storefront. Yeah. Yeah. And they had to smash their way into the mall proper. Yeah. With a toilet. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Nothing else could have broken that thing. Nope. Just a hilarious toilet. Yeah. It would have been so good and so perfect if it was in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, well. Looking through the window as this toilet just came flying through the glass. <laughs> Who can say? <laughs> <laughs> he would never. He would never. No, he wouldn't end you. But uh, I would. <laughs> yep. I would toilet end you. <laughs> Boy, that's a weird sentence. <laughs> I would toilet end you. That sounds like a threat. Ah, uh, yeah. And you're going to be wary every time. Oh, boy. Every time you two hang out. Yeah, well, should be. Um, uh, don't threaten end you. <laughs> no, I got I got nothing against Anya. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so things are okay there for a minute, and then some other. Yeah, well, it's when we meet uh, our security dude. Well, I was gonna say some some zombies come in, so oh, they yeah. all. Uh... I think it was some zombies were already in the mall. That's right. Yeah, yeah. they're they're sort of looking around, exploring yeah. and stuff. And... Yeah, there was a zombie janitor, I guess, and yeah. also a zombie uh, security guard now because we find out later so and so shouldn't have gone down there. I don't remember his name. Yeah, but yeah, that's right. Something CJ says where it's like I told him not to go down there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. So they they all run for it and they go to the elevator, and when the elevator opens up on the next floor up, uh, you got CJ. And Bert, and what's the other one? Terry. So um, CJ's played by Michael Kelly, who 
Uh, I've seen in a bunch, not a bunch of things, but I've seen him in some things. He kind of always plays this guy. He's always kind of a dick. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, he does it really well. Mm-hmm. And in this, like, he has a good arc because by the end of it, you like CJ. Yeah. You like, you you know. Terry is just kind of a, you know, kid. Yeah. He's young. This is a mm-hmm. job. And then, is it Bart? Yeah, Bart's an asshole. Um, real quick, Terry is played by Kevin Zegers and Bart is played by Michael Barry, I think. Barry. And, um, yeah, Bart's an asshole. He reminds me of somebody I ain't know um, who is an asshole. And I was like, this is perfect casting. <laughs> he looks like an asshole I know. <laughs> so it's really easy for me to get into that headspace. Sure. But, yeah, they, they have guns on, on our on our heroes. And, you know, it's a whole thing where it's like, well, you can either go down, you know, back down to the zombie level where they are. Or we'll let you stay up here, but you got to give us your weapons. Yeah. And so, you know, Luda's pregnant. You know, it's Mackay Pfeiffer's wife or mm-hmm. girlfriend. We also find out around now that she's bitten. Yeah. That probably happened during the uh, fight on the first level, that zombie security guard. Yeah. Part of the due diligence of this movie is that, like, it establishes that, like, they don't know what zombies are. Right. They're not, they're, you know, nobody has ever, like, they kind of seem like zombies to me, chief. Like, that never happens. Yeah. Like, it's that unspoken thing in some horror movies where, like, hey, this shit sure seems like a vampire and we're not addressing it, you know? Right. Where it's like, hey, do vampires exist in this universe? Like, is this a universe that doesn't have Dracula? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, And this is kind of that. Nobody ever mentions zombies at all uh, and, you know, so Luda's bitten and um, Mackay Pfeiffer is like, hey, could have been worse. They could have bit it right off. And she's like, ha ha ha, you know, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, but yeah, you because know, he like, just thinks it's an injury, not, you know, we don't know yet. That right. It's a zombie. I thing. think we get at least halfway through before we establish like, ooh, maybe the bites do it. Yeah, it's kind of late. Yeah. Um, It's after. No, it's right before the, the Richard Cheese montage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty far into the movie. Um, oh, this is where we get Savini on TV. Hello, Tom Savini. Always welcome on the podcast. Definitely. We see that Jake Weber's really good with people. He's good at, like, interacting with people. Even CJ, who is king shit asshole. Yeah. Um, um Jake c- Weber is Mike Michael. in this. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. the male lead, nominally. Yeah. Um, yeah. He or Ving Rhames are our male leads. Yeah. Um, he's the male romantic lead, but Ving Rhames is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Jake Weber, you know, is, is talking to CJ. You know, we should fortify fortify them all to keep, you know, keep them out and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, I already thought of that, man. And he's like, okay, I'm sure you have. And he's like, you know, yeah, he probably also sh- thought that mm-hmm. we should put something up on the roof to signal to people that we're alive in here. You know, because there's still planes flying overhead and things. And CJ kind of has that like, oh, shit, yeah, uh, oh, that's a good idea. And he goes like. All right, uh, and he, you know, well, he's, he's like, like, we you can know, get paint from wherever, and we can reinforce the thing with some hardware from wherever, you know. Right, and then he doubles down, going like, "Yeah, it's a great idea." So it's like it's it's giving him credit for this because yeah, he you does know, the, yeah, he, he yeah. does the um, he's like CJ, is it? Yeah, and he's like, yeah, and he's like, all right, CJ, like, and he says it in that like you're calling the shots. Yeah, even though I definitely just gave that idea, dude. Um, yeah, he's good, and yeah, I, I bring that up because shortly after this, uh, you know. Jake Weber's talking to Mackay Pfeiffer. The security guards have all the power. They have the guns and they, you know, they're, they're going to make them all sleep in a locked storefront, you know, yeah. like a bed, bath and beyond type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have like furniture and stuff. They can sleep in beds, but they're locked up, you know? Yeah. And uh, the, the, our party is discussing, like, we got to do something. Mackay Pfeiffer is of the opinion, like, let's not make waves. My wife is pregnant. I just want her to be safe. Yeah. You know? 
So he kind of comes at Jake Weber and he's like, the fuck, you know, he's like, he's like, what are you like special forces? Like, what's your fucking deal? And he goes, yeah, why should we listen? Yeah, to he's, you? Why should we listen to you? He's like, what did you do? And he's like, I sold TVs at Best Buy. <laughs> yeah. And it's a great line. It's yep. super well delivered. Jake Weber, he's been in a bunch of stuff and he, he, you know, this is actually really like a very muted performance. I mean, not that he's like bombastic or whatever, no. but he's very muted in this. He's very like, like level. Yeah. And um, I think that really works for that character. Yes. Just the idea that he's a good salesman. He's good with people. We find out later he had a bunch of like odd jobs and stuff, but he's good at this. He's good at interacting with people. Sure. Um, And we see it throughout the whole movie, basically. Soft skills. Very important for the end of the world. Yeah. Turns out. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I sold televisions at Best Buy. (laughs) And that's, I I said while we were watching this, I'm like, ooh, missed opportunity to just start calling him Best Buy. Because like... It seems he, like a thing Mackay yeah. Pfeiffer's character yeah. would do. Yeah, he's still in his face. He's like, okay, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, there's a thing a little yeah. bit later where he says, because, uh, you know, Jake Weber's like, oh, we're going to, he has some plans. We should do this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Mackay Pfeiffer says, like, hope you're sure about this. Yeah, you know, whatever. Or, yeah, that's what it was. But he should have said, hope you're sure about this, Best Buy. Yeah. Like, it just seemed like the right kind of needle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been good. Yeah, it was a good call. Yeah. That you well, made. We'll punch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are today. available, Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, James Gunn, if yeah. you need, w- you know. W-R-I-C-E-H-W-G-W at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, you can contact us, James Gunn, if you need some, some a little bit of, a <laughs> little bit, little bit of spice in that next uh, Guardians movie. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The thematic relevance is very funny because, like, oh, yeah, James Gunn, Hollywood darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come come get us TV salesmen to punch up your script. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyhow. Yeah, but cut to six months after we finished that, our past the script, and James Gunn's like, man, when a rocket calls Groot Best Buy, mwah, chef's yeah, kiss. I know. <laughs> not saying we'd be bad at it. I'm just saying there's no evidence that we'd be good at it. We'd be I great just... at it. Yeah. You're so bad at manifesting. Oh my god, dude! Like you, ugh, God, you see what I'm saying, though, right? No, we don't have. A... I see self doubt. <laughs> Much like Michael in this movie, we don't have a pedigree, but that doesn't say anything about future, po- future right. potential. Yeah. Right. But then you said, "I'm not saying we'd be bad at it, but there's no evidence we'd be good at it." Duh. Oh, whatever. Which is the yeah. more negative way to say the thing you had just said okay. in a positive way. Okay. But Again, yeah. manifesting. Okay. Do or do not. There is no try. Cut. A friend of mine said that. Cut all this out. And we're back. Um, um, yeah, this is where we get the Ken Forey, uh, Dead Shall Walk the Earth. And we have Mackay Pfeiffer and Ving Rhames in the bathroom. Mackay Pfeiffer's kind of an asshole in this. He's, you know, pushing against... Because, again, he just wants to keep his wife safe, which is great. Um, but he's doing, going about it by being, like, a dick. Yeah. Um, and this is where he kind of pushes against Ving Rhames and, you know, they sort of feel each other out a little bit and sort of see where, you know, Mm -hmm. each other is coming from. And that's where he's like, you know, he's like, listen, man, Mackay Pfeiffer is just like, I've done some bad stuff. You know, I feel like my purpose is to bring this baby into the world and I just want to, you know, give it everything I didn't have. And it's that same old, like, I used to be a piece of shit, but now I might have a kid. So I guess I'll be not a piece of shit. Yeah. I think also a little bit before this, or maybe whenever the fuck we're painting on the roof, SOS and yeah. Alive Inside is when we get first introduced to Andy across the way at yeah. Andy's Gunworks, who is also yeah. on his ceiling. Not ceiling, his uh, roof, rooftop. Yeah. yeah. 
um, and he becomes kind of a recurring character. <laughs> yeah, um, he's got a, a like a whiteboard, um, mm-hmm. and he's you know and binoculars. Yeah, and, and they're... over here they have a whiteboard and binoculars. And, yeah, communicating yeah. in that fashion. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's like all the world building stuff, uh, and that's when the truck sh- you know shows up. It's like a, a moving truck kind of thing. Yeah, drives through the parking lot. They see it on the security cameras, and then they go to like you know wave them in, kind of. Yeah, it, it's a whole fight with CJ and the other security guard guys about like we should help them. No, we shouldn't. Whatever. The non-security guards, our our group of you know survivors, yeah. they um, get the upper hand. Get the guns off them. What's which one? Terry. Terry's the young one. You know, they ask Terry, like, is there a holding cell? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, because he's the only one out of the three of them that's like, we that probably should. Empathy, yeah, yeah, we probably should help them. And CJ's like, you know, fuck it, no. Yeah, he's like, no. Yeah. And he's like, but if you don't help them, then you're just killing them. And he's like, yeah, yeah I'll kill them. I'll kill you. I'll kill anybody I have to to survive. And yeah. you're like, yeah, fuck CJ. But Terry shows, shows them where the, the there's a holding cell and uh, Bart and CJ get thrown in. And then they have this whole plan to, like, have them climb. Fire escape. Yeah. Onto the roof. Well, no, actually, stuff. I think the plan was to let them in through the fire door in the back yeah. of the thing. Yeah, but they were getting overrun. Yeah, stuff. so the yeah. the people in the cab climb up on top of the truck and use the fire escape to climb up onto the roof. Um, but they tell they tell uh, uh, Jake Weber and Mackay Pfeiffer that like there are still people in the back of the truck. So yeah. they had backed the, the truck like a loading dock. They had yeah. backed the truck right up to the loading dock doors so they can like open that, let them in. Okay. Yeah. That's where we get like our second wave. You refer to them as the tailies, which is a lost reference. Yeah. Because the whole premise of lost is that a plane goes down on an island and all the survivors are on the beach, except one of them is like, you know, somebody's like, well, the plane split into two sections and the tail came down somewhere else on the island. Yeah. And that is what we call season two. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hey, new characters. How do we introduce new characters? I guess they were in the tail section. Uh, with the exception of uh, Paolo and uh, what's-her-face, Nikki and Paolo, yeah. which were, what, season three, season four? They were, yes. Yeah, season... Where they tried doing that thing of, oh, let's rewrite a bunch of major sequences and show you that just off-camera were Nikki and Paolo. Every and everybody time. was like, fuck this, though. Yeah, I mean, like, I get the impetus to, like, do that. Like, oh, yeah. we should expand. And, like, there's so many people that were survivors and we haven't explored all their stories. But at the same time, to be like, remember when they found this thing? Remember when they fought that dragon? Well... Just look a little bit to the left. Hey, there's Nikki and Paolo. Yeah, <laughs> and your audience hates that because it's like, you know, like, it's one thing if you're like, oh, yeah, this person in the background of all these shots that you didn't realize was important for now, they're going to be important. But then this is like, oh, yeah, we didn't bother uh, laying any groundwork, so here's just a bunch of stuff that you've seen before, and right. we're like, but now it's got this thing. And right. it's like, no, that's stupid and lazy, and you should stop it. You care about this person, even though you've never seen them before. It's like, why? It's like, well, they were at all the things you liked. And it's like, fuck you. Yeah, don't tell me who I care about. Yeah, it's like, actually, if you want to make me care about this character, why don't you do what you did for the characters I care about and establish them as a character and let me like them? Um, Which is why, record time, what happened to Nikki and Paolo? Well, they got bitten by, like, a poisonous spider that paralyzes you and mimics the symptoms of death, and they were buried alive. (laughs) Yeah. That was the writers being like, we're sorry. We're sorry. We're Please so- accept this. Please accept this horrible, sacrifice. gruesome death yeah. of Nikki and Paolo as our apologizing for ever trying Nikki and Paolo. <laughs> Which, you know, worked. Good. I, yeah, I was good. like, good job. Yeah. <laughs> because it was fun. Yeah. We Lost. had fun. We all had fun when Nikki and Paolo got buried alive, right? Lost. Yeah. Remember Lost, you guys? 
Yo, Lost was good till it wasn't. Yeah. So we get a bunch of people in from this uh, semi, and a couple people are hurt. We yeah. find out that so a couple the, people were bitten. Yeah, there's the lady. She's a uh, you know, bigger lady. Um, she has, looks like she's been bitten a couple of times, um, and she's, like, barely conscious. Um, they're wheeling her out on a wheelbarrow. Yeah. She looks bad. Yeah, she's really pale and everything. Has infection lines all over her, yep. like black veiny, you know, whatever. Yeah. There's Ty Burrell, who, just like a few years after this, would go on to... Uh, Be the dad on Modern Family. Like 180 degrees from this character. I don't I, didn't, I don't remember his name in this, do you? I don't. Doesn't um, matter, but, but he's an he's, asshole. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's so unlikable. It's amazing. It's great. What it's, a piece of shit. Like He's, he's hilarious. He's bitchy and self-serving super and, snarky yeah. yeah like just such an asshole it's great it's a great performance he spends most of his time during the little uh entertaining montage, yourself montage fucking. just yeah boning down on this woman yep yeah there's you know truck drivers an older lady um there's a guy uh his name's tucker who uh, i think tucker was in the truck with her so maybe they were together i'm not really sure the guy that played the church organ yeah which is where the the driver lady like you know he put out a call on the radio and she was in the truck so she swung by and picked them up that's where they apparently all were yeah they were hiding out in the church yeah um, um there's a dad and daughter dad and daughter dad is matt frewer who uh like famously played max headroom he's been a bunch of stuff genre actor really good actor mm-hmm. um really well cast in this yeah because he only has i don't know he's probably on screen for about five minutes total yeah but he has a nice little arc and he like does a great job with it he you know has to do this complicated emotional you know performance in a short time and he does it great yeah Um, well yeah so we have like you know the the bitten woman dies and is reanimated and gets dispatched pretty quickly by anna yeah she puts uh, like a fire poker poker or something something in her eye in her brain yeah yeah Yeah. um and that's when she's like it's the bites and she's like you know it makes sense now she's like you know I, i took her pulse she was definitely dead and then she wasn't Mm-hmm. And she's like, and I saw it happen before, which is, you know, her, yeah. her husband. Yeah. But she didn't realize what it was then because right. it was happening, you know. Right. And so then they're like, well, who else got bitten? And she's like, well, the dad from the dad and daughter definitely did. The other guy, I don't think so. I think he just fell. Yeah. Tucker had like a cut or so, yeah, he got like injured. Whatever, yeah. But not bitten. Yeah. Again, just a little inside baseball. They still don't know about Luda. Yeah, nobody knows that Luda and was And I bit. think around this time, you know, they start hiding her out in the, the carousel. Which, uh, yeah, there's a lot of weird uh, names for things around here. Uh, carousel is like a children's store. And they spend a lot of time in, like, a central atrium of the mall at a place called Hallowed Ground. Which is, which a, is coffee. a coffee place. Yeah. Yeah. The children's store, Mackay Pfeiffer, yeah, has has Luda there, and he's, like, taking care of her, and he's acting weird, because, like, uh, 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 Sarah Polly is like, oh, you know, I'm a fucking nurse, you idiot, like, why, why don't I come by and see yeah. how she's doing? He's like, nah, she's fine. Yeah, how about I check on your, you know, uh, pregnant wife, <laughs> or whatever? Right, he's and like, no, he's she's like, no. good. That's the thing that I found a little weird, just writing-wise, is that she didn't push harder, but, like... I get it that, like, we sort of need this to happen in this way, so it's Well, we fine. need it to happen, and also, like, realistically, were these all real people in this situation? Like, you you don't know these people. You're not, yeah. you know, you don't want to push. Sure. Like, tensions are already going to be high just yeah. because we're all strangers, kind yeah. of. and she's got other stuff, you know, with everybody else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and so, like... Matt Frewer, the dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, they're like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's infected. Like, we got to do something about this. And so... 
Anna runs ahead and it's just like hey they're coming to kill you because you're infected and stuff and you know his daughter freaks out and everything yeah nicole her name yeah, is yeah you know and, and he's just kind of doing like well is it true and they're like yeah we think so you know yeah i mean no and she does yeah. sarah polly is like yeah yeah she's like you know near it like she's like that's all that you know yeah all we know yeah um so yeah he has a lot of um acting to do of just like facing your own mortality yeah, and, and also in in the way that the zombie movies do it, where like you're going to be very concretely a liability to the people you care about. Yeah, the, what they come up with is you know they'll take him. Ving Rhames will you know babysit him, um, and he can say goodbye to his daughter. And then when the time comes and he turns, Ving Rhames will put him out. Yeah, and uh, it's good. Like you know the daughter's crying, they're hugging, okay, and then you can sort of see it play out on Matt Frewer's face where he's like, oh, I don't feel well you know yeah and so he goes you should go you gotta go and she doesn't want to go and she leaves you know and ving rames comes in and he closes that like roll down gate behind him and he just stands there and matt frewer says like i want every minute <laughs> you know it's really good yeah um and then he just sort of conks out and then it cuts to like sarah polly talking to uh you know jake weber and then you I thought they were, I always remember it as you just hear the gunshot, mm -hmm. but you actually hear the, like, zombie noise. Like, yeah, you hear, like, a growl yeah, and then a thing. gunshot. Yeah. And then the gunshot. And I was like, eh. I was like, I like the, I like my version better. Yeah. It's a stylistic choice. Um, sure. And, I mean, like, there's a bit of that in here in general, where, yeah. like, you do see a lot of, uh, you know, gore and violence, but then also there are these moments that are played a bit more artistically. And I think that that was really well thought out. From that, this very, like, heavy, sad, you know, uh, thing cuts to black, and then uh, then the Richard Cheese yeah. montage starts, which, if you don't know the Richard Cheese cover of uh, uh, Down With The Sickness, just listen to it. It's funny. Yep. If you don't know Down With The Sickness, listen to that first, and it's bad, <laughs> and then, then listen to Richard Cheese, and it's funny. Yep. And then listen to the original again, and it's bad, but it's funny. But yeah, we get kind of a montage of making your own fun where... Yeah, it shows everybody, yeah, again. Yeah, doing stuff. Um, um, Nicole's kind of going through a rebellious thing where she's spray painting in hallways and stuff. Yeah, she's graffitiing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ving Rhames is playing chess with Andy. Uh, using the whiteboard. Yeah, using yeah. the whiteboard. So, you and, know, like queen to, you know, B6 or whatever. Yeah, and, checkmate. And him going, we need a new game because I guess he keeps getting his ass handed to him <laughs> at chess. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, like they're other... riding bikes in the mall. Yeah, um, just you know, the the guy that played the church organ uh, is like trying on lady shoes. Yeah, um, and that so CJ and Bart are still locked up, and there's a thing where he's like confessing to them. He's like, the first time I knew I was gay was around when I was 13. There was this man named whatever jason who helped build a deck at my family's you know thing and there you know uh, bart and cj are just like oh my god shut up please stop <laughs> but he's just like you know it's really funny because you're like yeah fuck them i hope you hate hearing this whole story yeah <laughs> i hope you hate hearing this whole gay love story yeah uh he also uh has like i guess like a cosmo or something or a vogue where the... it's like uh, CJ. Oh, CJ, yeah. Yeah, and he's, like, reading, like, the top ten, uh, yeah, because this is a, this gets called back later, yes, where he's yeah. reading, like, the top three, uh, most important, uh, things in, a things in a relationship, and the first one is trust, and so then, yeah, later on, there's, like, a call back to that. Yeah, they're gonna go, uh, it's when they're going to the, to get the generator, I think, and yep. he's like, I'm not going out there without, you know, a weapon, 
you know, and he's like, I'm not giving you a weapon. And CJ's like, trust. It's the foundation for any good relationship. Yeah, it, yeah. it's a good callback. Yeah. It's not that long after this. No. It's a good, it's a good amount of time. The rule with callbacks is to always do them the minute after the audience has forgotten about them. Right. And so I think this is a really good example of that because it's not a long time, but you don't remember it. Like, right, because that rides the line between um, you want to make sure that it's not telegraphed, but you also want to make sure that they remember having set that up. Right. right. So they're not like, the fuck is he talking about? Yeah. We start laying the like Luda birth scene like track here. Yeah. Like she's having um, contractions and whatever. Yeah, and, like, we've gotten a little bit with her here and there where he's like, how's the bite? And she's like, it hurts, you know? Yeah. And you can tell he's worried but doesn't want to tell anybody. Right. Because he's now become, like, mega, like, megalomaniacally obsessed with only his goal, which is to bring the child into the world, you know? Yeah. My family, like, whatever, because he's made that his whole reason for living. In that bathroom scene, he asks Ving Rhames, like, if he's religious yeah. you know he's like, you go to church and all that shit and he's like yeah i do all that shit yeah and he's like he's like oh and ving rames you know and ving rames is great ving rames is like really never not good yeah because he just he's a guy that just has gravitas yes. like all the time yeah so when he turns to him he's like oh so you saw hell yesterday and now you're afraid that you know all the bad shit you did you're gonna have to go to hell and you don't want to that's them laying the groundwork that like this is the only thing mckay pfeiffer like has now yeah because he's done awful things he regrets but he didn't regret them until now. So now he just wants to have his family, even at the cost of his family. Because, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, not that there's anything anybody could have done for Luda, but he definitely doesn't know that. Yeah. So, But he's keeping her just, like, sequestered away and not letting anybody see her. Because he just wants to get the baby here, because then he'll have won. He'll have succeeded in his only goal. Yeah. Um, And it goes poorly. Yeah. So, oh, they're, they're executing. So, I... I've had debates with people whether it was supposed to be actually the celebrities. Oh, no. It's just people that, that look, look like, like them. Yeah. yeah that's so what, in, in, in lieu of chess, they have come up with a new game with be, Andy. Because Andy runs a gun store and there's a great shot. Yeah. So uh, they keep writing on the whiteboard the names of celebrities and having him pick out and execute zombies in the, like, that could... space between the mall and his store. Yeah, yeah. So to lay out the geography, like yeah. there's the mall, the mall surrounded by a parking lot, and then on the next block over Caddy Corner to the mall is Andy's gun shop. Like, it's right on the corner, but it's about a block away because the parking lot's very large. Um, so that's why they're communicating with the binoculars and the whiteboards and stuff. It's not, like, right across an alley or whatever. Yeah, he's not within shouting distance, yeah. but, you know. Or anything, so, yeah. But they... he is within sight. Yeah, they yeah. see somebody and they're like, oh, like, you know. But it just says Jay Leno on the board, and you just see, like, a guy in a dark suit with white hair, like, get shot and fall down. Yeah. And then there's a guy in, like, a members-only jacket with a big mustache and dark hair, you know, and they're like, oh, Burt Reynolds. Tell yeah. him Burt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the uh, Romero, it's set in New Jersey, I believe, is where the mall is set. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in the movie they say it's, like, a New Jersey mall. I don't remember. It might, it might be supposed to be Pittsburgh. I'm not sure. But it doesn't matter. But it's East Coast. Um, in this, I was like, oh, it's kind of, like anywhere usa it's just like somewhere that has suburbs and a mall like, yeah they don't really ever show you like a, a state or anything like that sure you know? but um somebody like when we saw it in, in the theater originally with my friends they were like oh it must be like a west coast and the idea is that celebrities you know have been turned into zombies and they've wandered to the mall or whatever and i was like that doesn't really make sense no. with the central theme yeah that like oh they go do the things they always did yeah no I thought this was supposed to be more of like a you know where's Waldo kind of situation right 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 you know? the guy that looks like this yeah you know, that kind of thing but yeah. I'm just saying or I guess I don't know where's Waldo and guess who together yeah it's kind of <laughs> guess who yeah yeah 
But yeah, I just I just thought that was worth bringing up that some people read it one way and I read it yeah, the other way. Yeah, no, yours makes a lot more sense of just like it's it's, you know, shorthand for <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Just yeah. like you know, because we work retail. Yeah. And you know, if I if I'm just like yo, you know, Burt Reynolds is gonna come up and ask for you know double A batteries or yeah. whatever, then you look around the store and go, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And you're never confused by thinking it's actually Burt Reynolds, but no. you know who I mean. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the middle of the night, the power goes out. Yes. Um, so they have to, they're like, you know, does this place have generators? CJ tells them, yeah. They do, but they have to go through the parking, parking structure garage, and do it. Yeah. And that is not secured. No. So he he and Bart lead uh, Jake Weber down there. And then they're like, all right, see you later. And he's like, no, you're coming with me. And they're like, nope. And that's when he's like, you know, well, you got to give me a weapon. He's like, it's about trust. Um, so Jake Weber gives him a fire axe, uh, which is kind of fun. He, Jake Weber still has a gun. So yeah. if he tries to mutiny, yeah. you know. Um, but Ving, don't worry, don't worry. Ving Rame shows up. Yeah, to go down with them and stuff. Yeah, and I think he makes some reference that he had already been down there before or something. No, he says uh, he does say like, uh, you know, like Jake Weber's like, oh, you're coming with us. He's like, no, y'all are coming with me. I've done this before. Ah. Uh, um, I just thought it meant like I've oh breaching an area that's like you know yeah because he's a co- an ex cop he, yeah he's a cop and yeah. maybe military like we're not you know sure. it's never really brought up yeah but... he's got tattoos yeah he's um, it looks like he has like military service yeah tattoos. okay and yeah, and and then yeah that would also go with like maybe his brothers, brothers in the military still in the service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay military family okay yeah. okay possible um, yeah but yeah it just seems like he's like I have experience with this kind of thing yeah. And I just like that. He's like, no, y'all are coming with me. Like, Ving Rhames is so good. Yes. Remember when he played Cobra Bubbles in uh, Lilo and Stitch? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's a great performance. Yeah. But yeah, so they're in, you know, a dark parking structure. It's echoey. Yeah. It's so empty. I think they this... They just have flashlights. Yeah. Uh, there's lighting, but it's like emergency lighting because it's sure. the general... Sure, like sure, It's, sure. it's sure. just the emergency lighting. It's, yeah. Um, so it's basically like there are lights around all the um, structural poles. Yeah. So you can see them if yeah. you were to be driving out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they have flashlights and yeah. I think this sequence has really, really smart direction. Yeah. Um, because it has a really good jump scare that I think is set up super well in a way that you don't know they're setting it up. Yeah. Um, so it's the four of them and they're in there and there's, you, you see like stuff, uh, something, yeah, motion and yeah, you between, stuff. between yeah. you and them, you know, mm-hmm. like you see the shadow moving and, and Bart's like, I saw something, whatever. And it turns out it's a dog mm-hmm. and, uh, they're like, Oh, Jake Weber's like, Oh, well that's good. Like we know nothing's down here because they would have gone after the dog and he's fine, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, that they later on reverse that logic. Like, oh, they're not interested in dogs because yeah. turns out there's a bunch of zombies down there. Yeah. But um, so the dog runs up to them and then the dog starts barking mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, what's the matter, boy? Timmy's down the well. Yeah. And um, what it is, is there's a zombie that does not have legs that is like jungle gymming across the uh, like pipes, you know, water and electrical like pipes on the ceiling of the you know parking structure. Yeah, I thought they were like um, the uh, sprinkler system. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, fri- fire suppression system. Yeah, there's all kinds yeah. of pipes up there. Sure, I just sure assume yeah. they also house, like, electrical cable and yeah. stuff, you know. But, yeah, and that happens, like, it's it's not like it happens fast, just feels like it happens very fast. Well, yeah, because it's, it's, uh, it's well, well edited. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Because, yeah, Bart, like, stands up from crouching, like, looking at the dog or whatever. Yeah. And he stands up, and there's just a figure in the sky above, like, right behind him. Yeah. And Which... it drops down, it bites him. But, so, I think that's really well set up because... 
Zack Snyder uses these uh, exaggerated angles in, yeah. throughout the whole movie. Yeah. But in this sequence, um, and one of them specifically shows like Ving Rhames like holding his shotgun, and the those pipes on the ceiling are like lit so that they are in frame. You can see them behind him. It, it establishes in the space that these pipes are there right whether you're consciously aware of them or not right and you've been lulled into a false sense of security because it's not like it looks weird or out of place no yeah like because yeah any other like if, if everything else was really static shots you know and whatever and there weren't these kind of angles then an upshot like that you'd be like why this shot oh it must be to show us these pipes right but right. it's definitely been like you know four or five upshots into the movie so oh, yeah he's done yeah. a ton of and, and just like odd like there's yeah. you know um you mentioned the 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 fountain fight yeah. when sarah Pauly picks up the shotgun it's a crazy angle on her picking up the shotgun yeah. to, that just puts the shotgun in frame in an interesting way. Yes. And like yeah. you don't have to do that. She could have just picked it up. But it's just a you know, visual flair that he used. Yeah. But it, and <clears throat> all that's very competent. I actually didn't realize that until you're pointing this out now that that was happening. But that makes a lot of sense because, yeah, none of it looked out of place. Yeah. It just, it just no. looked very sudden and unexpected. And, right. Yeah. yeah. And like... You, but you are aware because that's the thing that's good direction versus bad direction in a you know bad film you either wouldn't see the pipes until the guy crawling on them was there right or, or it would you'd telegraph never. it too hard or, or, or you oh, or you'd never or, you, or yeah, yeah or it would be sure. this weird shot where you're like well the only shit in this shot is the same people that were in the last shot and pipes yeah but the last shot didn't look this weird right so why this it must be the pipes yeah and you might not know why that's important right but it, you'd be like, you'd be thinking about the pipes, yeah. and then you'd be like, oh, there it goes. Right, right. But this is a totally, you know, different surprise. And it super works. Yeah. Um, um, also, just attack from the ceiling is um, an unexpected uh, area of attack. Yeah. And so it reminds me of, uh, we played uh, Bioshock, and uh, yep. both agreed that, like, one of the freakiest monsters in that was the spider slicers, which had hooks and would attack you from the ceiling yeah because you're not used to uh yeah. protecting from above and also it puts For, you at a strategic disadvantage right. because you have you don't have the high ground that way right yeah all these so, you know because yeah. you're in, in in bioshock in the first two bioshocks mm -hmm. you're dealing with essentially zombies yeah kind of kind of yeah but i mean like they're functionally the same thing sure. they're people yeah who move at vaguely people speed yeah on the ground yeah um you know and yeah. this is that except i mean like realistically that guy get up there yeah so what i'm thinking is maybe he was you know trying to climb up there to hide like to wedge himself above the pipes like uh -huh. between the pipes and the ceiling and, and got then, his legs shoot off yeah <laughs> okay and like maybe they bit his legs off and then he turned into a zombie while up there uh honestly i don't care to uh parse out the logic of it because it's just it's too good for me to yeah wanna, no it's cool like uh, this is me doing the thing i never fucking do where i'm like you know what I'm glad that this is there, and I'm not going to question it, because it is Let's just good. Let's not analyze it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's cool. It's uh, just, yeah. It's it's really good. It's scary as hell. Yeah. <laughs> it really, yeah, it really works well. Yeah. Exit Bart. Or yeah, whatever. Bart dies. Yeah. Uh, Bart dies, and you're kind of like, I don't give a shit. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the thing CJ where they- puts him out or something. Uh, I, I actually don't remember. Or maybe he just gets eaten. eaten. Yeah, because yeah. he's, he's lagging behind them because yeah. he's injured and yeah. they're all running for their lives because, uh, you know, all the, the screaming and shit attracts the, you know, stampede of zombies yeah. from like, the lower levels. Yep. So they all flee and there's like a fenced off, like um, um chain link fence fenced off Yeah, uh, probably just like some kind of a custodial area yeah, or whatever. Yeah, for storage. Yeah. Um, and there's like a gas pump there. 
Yeah. And there's, you know. Oh, yeah, I guess that would be where uh, mall uh, employees would, like, gas up any, you know, of, like, the shuttle buses and, you know, if they have golf carts and shit. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say security carts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So they shoot the lock off, uh, but that means then they have to physically hold the thing shut until Jake Weber, like, gets another lock off of, like, a storage cabinet or something. Oh, okay, yeah. And then he, like, hooks it through. But zombies are still climbing the fence and they're shooting them through the fence. Um, and then, like, one takes down, like, pulls down the top support rail with it when it falls. So mm-hmm. now the fence is, like, half down on one yeah. side. It's just so terrifying. Yep. And it's really well done. Um, and Jake Weber is just like, huh, gasoline. <laughs> yep. And I love, he, like, picks up the pump and looks at it and starts to walk away and then goes back and flips the thing down so he'll actually be able to pump it. Yeah. Um, and then he just goes over, he's just spraying them all with gas, and then he has CJ light them up. Yeah. And it's great. Because CJ's been smoking throughout this whole movie. Yeah, also, yeah. when Tom Savini is playing the sheriff on screen, he's like, well, first you have to shoot him in the head, and then we burn them. And, st- yeah. and so, like, it's it's establishing early that, like, this is another viable yeah. zombie... Uh, Deterrent. You know, yeah. I mean... The- zombie... Uh, uh- extermination strategy yeah Yeah. um so as long as as long as this is where bart dies i'll mention my favorite line of bart's uh on that broadcast um you know savini's being interviewed and he's like the sheriff um, and he's being interviewed and he goes hey hey mike you know or whatever he's like put another round of that woman over there look she's still twitching she's a twitcher yeah um and it cuts back yeah bart's like (laughs) twitcher guy's just cool as hell yeah (laughs) And then, yeah, it's a callback for when they find the zombie in the fountain or whatever, where, like, yeah, he's a yeah if, if you wing them, sometimes they just kind of spaz out, I guess, is yeah. what's up. I don't know. Yeah, they're injured, but, and maybe not mobile, or maybe their body is, like, you know, in shock or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's hard to say, but yeah. Um, Luda dies. Mm-hmm. Um, During, um... Yeah, so now we see that Mackay Pfeiffer has, like, restrained her to the bed with, like, belts around her ankles and wrists, um, and he's made, like, a, a a gag belt-like thing with, like, duct tape wrapped around part of the belt so he can, like, tie it behind her head um, so she doesn't bite him, but she is, like, full-on zombie. Yep. She's still alive, but not for long. She is dying. Yeah. Um, she's still very pregnant, and she, this is... It's grim, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, in brief, because it's grim. Um, yeah, she dies, but... Then the baby, like, is still kicking and moving. And so, you know, he's going to deliver the baby. And at the same time, the lady who drove the truck is, like, finally she gets a wild hair up her ass. Somebody gets a wild hair up their ass to go see how uh, Mackay Pfeiffer and Luda are doing, like, now that the power's out and whatever. Like, hey, maybe they need something. But they sent, she goes, instead of the nurse, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, So she shows up. She sees that now Luda has resurrected as a zombie. Mm-hmm. She's tied to the bed. Um, he's holding the baby in a you know like wrapped up in a in a cloth and everything, and um, he's just had a full break with reality. Yep. And she goes, "Oh my god!" and like pulls the gun to shoot and shoots uh, Luda. Yeah. Well, he has a line of like you know oh like you're gonna take my family from me. Yeah. And stuff. And so he pulls the gun out and stuff. And... Well, I thought she had the gun out because she saw a zombie. Yeah. And, she yeah. she did, but she didn't. She hasn't shot yet. Yeah. And and yeah, he has this whole thing of like he's gonna take my family. Yeah. Where you can tell that like yeah he's not thinking clearly about what's going on. Yeah. No. He's he's gone. Oh yeah. I think he his first thing is that it's a girl yeah and then <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah man 
It's really dark. Yeah, so she shoots Luda, he shoots her. Back and forth like three times. Yeah, then she's shooting him and he's shooting her and... They both, yeah, they both die. The gunshots bring... Everybody. Everybody else. Um, and then Sarah Polly has to kill a zombie baby. Yeah, well, before that, they're like, you know, oh, like, she's going to pop back up. And uh, Anna's like, no, you know, she she just died from gunshots. She, she, she didn't get bit. Yeah, yeah, she would have risen by now. And then yeah. zombie baby. Really freaky. Yeah. Yep. Silver eyes. Yeah. Which is weird. Maybe because it's a hybrid, because it died in utero or whatever. Yeah, that's it's it's, fucking. It's yeah. weird, dude. Yep. It's a weird weird concept yeah um but yeah that's yeah so yeah i mean i don't know a couple like uh i zombie did a whole thing of like baby zombies are like different than adult zombies and yeah. stuff like there's a bit of that in other yeah you know, i, I zombie also has a very elastic tone sure it's you know it's because yeah. it's like hey we're dealing with death and you know this whole thing but we're gonna try and make it fun yeah so yeah yeah so i mean i'm, I'm just saying like that's i zombie you by know. is great yeah uh, Ving Rhames gives a good eulogy. It's a very, very funny, like, movie moment, because they're like, somebody should say something, and he goes, nothing to say, and then he says things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah, it's a good, he's just like... Also, they were trying to have, like, the, the guy from the church do it and stuff, and he's like, I just played the organ. Yeah, he's like, it I don't even job. believe, he's like, I don't yeah. even believe in God. Yeah. Um, How could you? Yeah. But Ving yeah. Rhames is like, there's nothing to say. And then he goes, like, I've been to many funerals, you know. And Oh, yeah. No, definitely military. Because he says, oh, yeah. I've folded the flag and given it to many widows. You know, yeah. Kind of yeah. Um, okay. And then he goes, and I always thought, you know, better them than me. And he's like, I don't think that anymore. Yeah. And he's like, because the you know, only thing worse than, you know, well, dying like, is sitting around here waiting to die. Yeah. And that's, they're like, okay, let's get a plan together and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So that's when they do the A-Team montage. So, uh. Modern Family Dad. What's his name? Ty Burrell. Ty Burrell. He's, you know, like, oh, yeah, I have a boat and whatever. And, you know, yeah, why, yeah, don't, yeah. why don't we just get on that and sail to some island? He says a perfectly stuff. reasonable yeah. thing in the manner of a huge douche. Yes. Well, and they're like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, why don't we do that? You know, where they're like, that's a better shot than anywhere the fuck else we could go. You know, they're like, why not? Like, yeah. this might not be there. Yeah. We might be able, you know. So, and yeah, there's a whole like. Oh, so you're saying we should, you know... Oh, CJ says this. Yeah, yeah. CJ does the... It's the fucking um, uh, Finn Tutuola. Yeah. Like, he's like, you mean to tell me that we're gonna reinforce some fucking, you know, school buses? Or, you know, in the parking yeah, garage? Yeah, put some aluminum siding on and, some shuttle yeah, buses. And, you know, then we're gonna drive across there, pick up Andy at his gun store, have him do some jump on top of the covered wagon shit... Then drive X amount of miles through a city filled with these things so we can get to a marina and get on this asshole's boat to go to an island we don't even know is there. And, like, it's like it cuts to four separate people going, Yeah, they're like, yeah. kind of, yeah. 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 And he goes, all right, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. And that's the moment you're kind of like, all right, I like CJ now. <laughs> yeah. So we have, like, a montage of outfitting. 18, baby. Yeah. This is every good episode of the A-Team. There are two kinds of episodes of the A-Team. There are ones where they do this, where they take some fucking, like, pickup truck or whatever and weld a bunch of shit to it and make it, like, an unstoppable battle tank. Mm -hmm. And there are the ones where they don't do that and they're not as good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The same sort of thing happens in Ernest Goes to Camp. He builds a giant vehicle as well, and it's great. A-Team montage. Uh, we see Chips has been outfitted with, like, a carry vest. So Chips is the dog that they yeah. found in the parking structure that Nicole really got 
taken with because she doesn't have a family anymore because her dad turned and yeah. Ding Rames had to kill him. She's nominally, <laughs> you know, she's dating Terry now. Yeah. They're, they're very... Yeah, uh, we did see that during the, like, making your own fun montage if they had, like, some, you know... Yeah, telescope. Yeah, Nights Under the Stars and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so they're dating and she loves this dog and the dog has been outfitted with, a, like, a carry vest, you know, to... to Suppose I guess carry ammo or whatever, but it's what it sets up is that Ving Rhames goes up on the roof and sh- you know makes the sign to show Andy will be leaving in five days, and Andy's got his shirt off and he looks really emaciated, and um, he holds up you know his sign just says hungry, and so they're like shit, we got to get you know Andy some food, like he's not gonna make it, you know, and even if he does, if we go pick him up and he's too weak, then he's a liability. Yeah. So they figure out, hey, the zombies don't attack the dog. They load the dog up with his little carry vest with sandwiches and whatever and lower him down from like a jury-rigged uh, pulley thing on like a ladder into mm-hmm. the parking lot. And Nicole's freaking out the whole time. She's like, oh my God, it's hurting him, whatever. And they're like, it's fine. Dog's yeah, fine. he'll be fine. And, they, and they're like, and the zombies don't care about yeah, the dog. Yeah, they're like, see, they don't, they don't even see him. Yeah, the dog yeah, just goes yeah. through the crowd, no big deal. Goes over. Andy is using like a whistle, like a sports whistle to call the dog. Mm-hmm. And um, dog goes over. Andy like lifts up uh, like part of the door because um, he's he's like barricaded it. Yeah. But he slides part of it up, kind of like a doggy door. And the dog comes in, but as he's pushing it down, zombies, zombies grab it and yeah. start lifting it, and it's fucking harrowing. Yep. It's so tense. Yeah. And um, and because like it's so well done because your tension switches to legitimately worrying about the dog. Yeah. To oh my god, you know now. Andy, who we don't, who never, he's never even had dialogue. No, now, now, but he's a character you care about. Like, yeah, now he gets a little bit because they had also tossed in a uh, walkie-talkie in with Chips's uh, provisions. Yeah, and so they're trying to like hail Andy on the walkie and be like, you know, are you right? They hear gunshots. They see, yeah, they look at the binoculars. They see him like shoot a couple of them, shut the, you know, shut the trap door thing again. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, Andy, you're right. And there's like silence for a minute, and then he gets on. He's like. He's like, yeah, you there? And he's like, yeah, Andy, are you, are, you, are you okay? He's like, damn, those bastards bite hard. And you're yeah. like, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah it's heartbreaking. Yeah, because he doesn't know. No, he doesn't know yeah. that that's a death sentence. And they even like, do a whole thing of like, should, should we, we tell, tell him? him? And he's like, nah. Yeah. But also Nicole has... Swiped the keys? Yeah, and takes the truck that they came in on. Yeah, the moving over, truck. Over to there because she's worried about chips, which like, yeah, everybody's like, god damn. Yeah, yeah, including me. Yep. Stupid, stupid Nicole. The dog's fine. Yeah. Even if, even, even if Andy dies, mm-hmm. dog is still fine. Yeah. So she's she's going on a rescue mission for Chips, and and she manages to make it in there without incident. But Andy is turning. Yeah. And stuff. And so Nicole get, finds the walkie-talkie, and they're like, you know, Nicole, like, where's Andy? And she's like, I don't see him, but there's a lot of blood here. And they're like, you have to hide or yeah. get out of there, like. Shit's about to go down. And then yeah. they see Andy on the roof. Yeah. And he's writing on his board. Yeah. And then he holds it up and it's just smeared blood. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, it's so chilling. Yeah. And, and sad. Yep. Um, and then he goes back inside and they're like, okay, everything's fucked. You're fucked. Yeah, the you dog to, starts yeah. barking. Yeah. And she's like, quiet, Chips. And you see the zombie Andy like react and start going back in. And they're like, you have to hide. And they're like, okay, we have to go get her. Yeah. So this is, you raised an interesting problem because like the last thing we saw was ving rames saying five days yeah and then they're like we have to get him some food so even if the food comes the next day yeah right, 
That's still four days. What was the holdup? Yeah, I don't know. Because they, then they, they load into the trucks and they, they drive out. And, you know, I was like, maybe it was provisions or maybe they had some other part well, of a plan. Was that with one of the trucks? I thought they went into the um, sewer or something. Oh, that's go, right. They do to do go the, get her Yeah, now. they do do the sewer. But then it felt like right after they get her back, they go out in the trucks. Yeah, that's true. They do. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my whole thing. Oh, yeah. was so like, that's my fault. Trucks are so. not ready now, but maybe there was like a day or two in between, but we don't see it. I don't so. think so. I don't know. It yeah, didn't maybe feel I like any time had passed between this rescue and the loading up and going out. No, and uh, to be fair, like we were taking and notes. No, there wasn't because Steve was supposed to open the door and he didn't. He was by the trucks yeah and they're like dickhead why didn't you open the door and he was like oh I didn't. here's a call where were you guys yeah fucking dickhead yeah he's great Ugh, ty burrell baby yeah i know he's despicable in this. He, he's an actor that like yeah if you only ever see these two things yeah uh this and modern family yeah you still have to admire the range yeah like because it's like it's a similar character yeah but it, he he it's like weaponized snark yeah whereas on modern family he's very dad uh, <laughs> He's very dead, but he's very, like, positive and, yeah. like, genuine and sure. sincere. Yeah. Um, and in this, it's just, like, fucking, like, lethal he, levels yeah. of bitchiness. Yeah. He passed through a mirror, and now it's Shadow Dad. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like yeah. fucking evil Spock. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's great. Uh, yep. It's such a good performance. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. They go into the sewers. There's actually a cool thing. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to do it without getting, you know, noticed, obviously. Um, they fuck it up. They get chased. Uh, and as they go down, um, Tucker, he falls, breaks his leg. Because uh, they're, like, climbing, you know, down through a manhole. And he falls, like, the last, like, ten feet or whatever and breaks his leg. Uh, so CJ's just, like, pulling him by his, like, vest. Uh, while Tucker is, like, dual-wielding pistols just shooting. I mean, while CJ's, like, pulling him backwards through the tunnels. Uh, and But they, you know, he can't keep up. And the zombies dive on him. And he has CJ. He's like, he's like, shoot me. And so CJ puts him out of his misery. Then they, yeah, they rescue Nicole. That goes pretty well, pretty pretty easily, all things considered. The dragging sequence happens after they've already gotten Nicole. But yeah. Does it? Yes. They all, without incident, get to Oh, so the her. trip through the... Through the... Yeah. Through the uh, sewers to the gun store is fine? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Then they load up on ammo and get her and, you know, take care of Andy and yeah. stuff and all that. Um, they blow Andy's whole head off. Yeah. It's the most graphic, like, yeah. explosion because it's like CG. They just, yeah. like, erase his face yeah. from, like, the, the bottom row of teeth up. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, like, again, yeah. there's not a lot of, there, there's some, like, yeah. wig pieces getting blown off right. and some things, but it's, like kind of funny and you know yeah. it's all practical well, stuff whereas so, this is cg and is just like really impactful we actually didn't say this at the top but uh we're watching the uh, unrated uh director's cut yes. also so like if you are watching the theatrical cut maybe this isn't like this <laughs> yeah that's true I, I think besides seeing it in theaters uh i've only ever seen the unrated because i think like this is one of those dvds that when it was for rental like yeah it was immediately like, and it has the unrated version. Like, it wasn't, you didn't have to yeah. wait, I think. Right. Um, so I remember, like, I was watching this because I was like, oh, we're watching the unrated thing. Yeah. And I was watching it going, this is all, I don't remember anything in this, like, being new. Yeah. But so maybe you don't get as much of, like, certain things yeah, yeah, yeah. that we're talking about here. But anyway, um, yeah, Nicole's fine. Chips is fine. They load up on as absolutely as much ammo as they can carry. They do the thing with the, the propane the tank that we talked about tank, earlier. Yeah. And then it's, yeah, now that they're going back into the, yeah. the sewer, the zombies have been alerted. 
Yeah. Uh, and are chasing them through the sewers. Gotcha, gotcha. And, yeah. Yeah, sorry if that's my fault. Then, yeah, it feels like immediately after this, we're just getting in the trucks and going. Yeah, that's which... it. They, they're all loaded up. Yeah, they start to drive. It's like a fucking, you know, mob. Um, so then they do There's... the second propane tank explosion, yeah. which is the shockwave, which we talked about. Um, one truck is set up with, like, a cow catcher plow front. Yeah. And then the other one is just to follow behind. Yeah. They have a thing set up where you can uh, stick a chainsaw through the side it's only like an inch or two wide so like you can't you know zombies can't get in but you yeah yeah no it's it's a it's put a, a blade out it's a little slit the in the side of the truck i mean you know um, yeah. um jake weber at one point shows sarah paulie he's like check this out so one of those you know when those things are on the side of the thing you know on the side of the truck i can cut them off and she's like yeah that's great <laughs> that goes poorly <laughs> yeah we at Hate Watch Great Watch like to be educational and, and try to help people. Um, don't ever operate a chainsaw on a moving vehicle. Seems like a bad idea. Yeah, we get two more deaths. Yeah, it uh, goes poorly. Um, the girl, and I didn't get her name the whole but time. But she's, she's the blonde one that we don't really care about. She's she's the blonde one, yeah. She's kind of there to be Ty Burrell's, uh, you know, sex partner and kind of sassy and honestly just a body. Because she gets chainsawed through like her entire chest uh yeah. you know and then the truck flips over by the guy that played the organ right yeah 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 um and then he also died like what they get you know the the, the lead truck is like um it's got cj in it and he's like oh whoa we lost him stop go back go back so they back up and the streets are pretty much deserted right now because they cleared out a lot of zombies and they've made good time crossing the city so they go back and you know they get out ving rames climbs out and um terry gets out and we see Ty Burrell, like, climb out the back, and he's going fucking rogue. He's like, I'm leaving, you know, yeah. going off on my own. So, like, Sarah Polly and the rest of them, like, go to see who's alive. And, you know, Ving Rhames like, don't even look. Everybody else is dead. Ty Burrell took off. Yeah. And she's like, son of a bitch. And then she sees him, and he's a zombie now. Yeah. And there's a callback, you know, when they're shooting the celebrities off the roof, the lookalikes off the roof. Mm -hmm. She's like, wow, you guys must have had a real rough childhood, huh? And he's like, hey, sweetheart, because I'm real sarcastic. Do me a favor. If I ever turn to one of those things, blow my fucking head off. And she's like, oh, you got it. And then she... Oh, I forgot about that. That's very funny. Yeah, so then... That is pretty funny. So That's then good he, he, you know, she sees him and she's like, hey, Ty Burrell. And he turns around and he's like... <laughs> so she pulls her gun out and, uh, you know, Ving Rhames like, I got him. She's like, no, I got him. Yep. <laughs> and she blows his, the eyes. Yeah, yep. blows his head off. And Ving Rhames like, damn. <laughs> yep. And, you know, she's like lingering over him a little bit and zombies start coming and stuff and it's like you know oh just go and it's like well now she needs the keys to the boat yep she, yep. she remembers the boat keys which yep. is great because yep. i probably would not have no are you kidding yeah <laughs> like a bunch of zombies running at you that's scary as hell yeah but and yeah. like it's good storytelling because they're, they do it as a misdirect because you're not sure why she's still standing there yeah you do see her like over his body a little bit but so there are two things you need in a zombie apocalypse one is people skills and then the other one is good organization and planning yeah it's true yeah these things are just important you guys but yeah a lesser movie would have been like you know she would have been like where's ty burrell and ving rames like, i don't know he went rogue he went off on his own and she's like well he's got the boat keys but this is smart. Yeah. Because um, then, yeah, she gets like, you know, the wave of zombies almost comes between her and getting back in the, the truck that's still upright. Um, and she like dives under one and rolls and like gets up and, and uh, Jake Weber pulls her in while CJ is like shooting them all. You get a shot of Jake Weber taking a step away and like leaning up against the thing, like putting his hand up on the like, you know, side and like resting his head against his arm, just kind of like looking maybe relieved. That's not yeah. relief. Because he's dead now. 
Oh, right. He's a dead man now. Right, right, right. But yeah, he's but got he, a death sentence. But then he's like, "What were you even doing back there?" And she did. Yeah, dangles she's like, the keys. Yeah, she's like boat keys. And he's like, yeah. he gives her a look like clever girl. Yeah. Yeah, and then I mean, they get to the marina. They drive right through the fence because they got the cowcatcher on the front. And uh, in a thing that makes sense for the story, but is insane if you were to do it, Ving Rhames just drives this fucking thing like onto the wooden dock in a way that like almost upends the truck and kills them all kind of yeah um and like it makes sense that's to do like a blockade right right yeah um it just seems crazy yeah um but yeah i mean in story point it makes sense because then cj is gonna get stuck in the back of it sacrifice himself by blowing up the final propane tank which destroys the dock which means they can't just run up the dock and kill them all while they set off which allows them to have one final scene where sarah Polly says goodbye to jake weber because he's like i can't go with you and he shows her his arm and he's got a bite and she's like no i can help you he's like you can't but you can help them and so now it's just her and ving rames and the two stupid kids and the dog and the dog yeah and then like he's like i think i'm just gonna hang out here and watch the sunrise and you know camera pans back boat you know sails off and you know he like kind of stands there for a while then he puts the gun under his chin and cuts to sarah polly and i actually really like the last shot because it's kind of like overbaked uh because there's too much light in the lens yeah but uh, yeah it's good yeah and then you hear the gunshot it goes to black and they start playing people who died yeah uh jim carroll band yeah um which then, it's great yeah like, then we get into uh, the epilogue where they apparently have found Steve's camera and we get little cuts of just Yeah, so it starts with just tits. Journey. It's just tits on screen. Yeah. Which is really funny because, yeah. you know, it's a really smart, and I, 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 I don't know whose idea this was, who put it here, if it was in the script or not or whatever, but this that's one of the knocks against horror is like, oh, it's just tits and blood. Yeah. You know, that's, that's every, anybody against horror, that's like the dismissive thing. Which, to be fair... Yeah, there's a lot of tits and blood in horror. <laughs> because you know what's great? Tits. And also, blood. You know, if you're in a horror movie, that's what you want. Yeah, we see they, you know, in, in little snatches here and there. With run, video distortion yeah. and stuff. Yeah, they run out of water. They run out of food. The Yeah, because uh, it's it's all on uh, Ty Burrell's video yeah, yeah. thing that he would use to record him and hot ladies uh, doing it, boat. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, uh, which was set up during the montage. Yeah. He's banging that blonde girl and he's Oh, yeah, he does like them. to film stuff. Yeah. Perv. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, and they run out of gas and then they finally get to an island. And, you know, Chips jumps off the boat and runs barking into the forest and then the zombies come. Yeah, then zombies come and they run yeah. up the dock and the last shot is like the, the camera falls on the dock. So mm-hmm. it's steady. And you just see like, you know, zombies running up and one falls in front of the like lens and like blood is like oozing out of its mouth and that's the end of the movie it's wild man it's a it's a like i remember seeing that in theaters and just being like holy shit yeah yeah it's a great downer ending but it's if you if you want hope you you can leave before the credits start (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah if, if you if you go to any kind of movie looking for hope always leave when they get on the boat yeah Not many good things happen at sea. (laughs) Yeah. There's not a lot of movies about successful boat voyages. Yeah. So, Hunter, would you call this a hate watch or a great watch? I mean, I think this is a great, great watch. Like I said, it's great gateway horror, which Mm -hmm. is why I showed it to you. It was like on a short list. I don't remember what the list was now, but Mm -hmm. it was on a short list of things that I was like, I could try this. Yeah. You know, to see if you would like it. But 
it's funny. It's got good character moments. It's got great performances. It does. It's, it's full of character actors. Yeah. That are, and they're all very good. Yeah. Um, it's got good scares, a good amount of gore, a lot of practical effects. Um, it, Even it, when it's slow, it's not plotting. No, yeah, because yeah. it's all character development. It's interesting. Yeah. And James Gunn, you know, makes it pop. You know, like, people mm-hmm. are, you, you're interested in the characters. Yeah. Um, you know, the stuff that's, like, cliche in it is done because you kind of have to do it but it's not lingered on to a point that you're bored with it it's not belabored yeah, yeah you know even like you know sarah Polly starts to fall for jake weber but it's not a long drawn out you know emotional arc because you just kind of that's not what you're here for no but it just happens enough that you're like oh cool good for them you know yeah it's kind of it um yeah this is a great watch i really I cannot find fault with this this was a this was a movie that i enjoyed so much i was excited for Zack snyder movies yeah. That has not happened since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I cannot say whether it will happen. Okay, so I don't know when this will come out versus when they're going to drop the Snyder cut of Justice League. Mm-hmm. Which I, Grandpa, could yell about this particular moment in pop culture so fucking much. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Letting bullies get their way, letting babies tantrum their way into spending like, you know, twice what something cost to remake it in a way that they will like more. Oh my god. Oh my god. Here's here's a lesson. Never approach art on it on its own terms. Make art approach you on your terms. Get the fuck out of here. You know what? Fuck Zack Snyder. Feel- this is a great movie. It's too bad he never made another one. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the better strategy would have been to take the money that you did producing the Snyder Cut and retroactively use it to have paid Henry Cavill to have shaved the mustache so they didn't have to CG it out. That's a logically oof. confusing sentence, but I get what you're saying. Yes, yeah. yeah. The movie, the money you ended up spending to... No, man. All you gotta do... <sighs> that was horrific. All you gotta do is let Superman have a fucking mustache. Or that. He already okay. broke a dude's neck in the previous movie. Why can't he have a mustache? I guess so. Uh, whatever. Yeah. What's a Trap. what's a what's a more fundamental disconnect between who Superman is as a character and his portrayal on screen? Oh. That he have facial hair or that he breaks necks? I agree. But yeah. Like, okay. Unbelievable. But also, I do love me some CGI'd out mustache Superman. He is a nightmare and he shall live forever in the cave of nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like David Lynch made him. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah. no, this is like a legitimately great movie and fuck Zack Snyder and his whole oeuvre after this, really. But I, I, like I said, I think there's some things in Watchmen that are okay, but as a whole, it falls down for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that technically 300 is good. It's just I don't care for mm-hmm. it as a source material. It just doesn't interest me. Yeah. And um, then all of his DC stuff. We yeah, the DC stuff is of. bad. It's real yeah. bad. It's real bad and stinky bad. Stinky, yeah. stinky bad. Yeah. Um, the only thing that's good is like, I, I actually thought Ben Affleck was not a bad, but he has nothing to do with that. Like, that's yeah. all casting that had nothing to do with him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no. That DC shit is bad. There are good DC movies. Birds of Prey is great. Mm. I, th- I I really enjoyed Birds of Prey quite a bit. Yeah. Wonder Woman wasn't bad. No, Wonder Woman like wasn't that. bad. Yeah. We have not yet watched Wonder Woman 1984. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah. Um, so I would call this a great watch. Yeah. It's what kind of really cemented me starting to delve into horror. Yeah. And I. And it only got better from here. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like this is really solid, both in recognizing the things that came before it and then also uh just as a standalone if 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 horror as a genre didn't exist this would still be a very good movie yeah you know yeah we uh we gotta get going we have 
we have things to do today, and also uh, the neighbors have just uh, oh decided to go hang out in the backyard and be loud. So now is as good a time as any to stop recording. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us for, I mean, maybe, if, you, if you've if you listened to all 50 episodes, drop us an email. Yeah. Um, you can reach us at writehatewatchgreatwatch, W-R-I-T-E-H-W-G-W, gmail.com, which Allison has said a few times now. <laughs> and you can follow us on social media. HWGW podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us every other Wednesday. That's every, every other, other Wednesday. Wednesday on Movie John as part of the Movie John Podcast Empire. Or wherever you find other fine podcasts. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Anything else you want to say? I don't know. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. This is a milestone, which is cool because I don't know. I mean, like, you never you never expect to be doing these things for ever i do i don't well that's the thing it's i like, will yeah. literally do this for the rest of my life yeah like I talk about movies with my friends and loved ones like sure, yeah sure that's what i do for free yeah i mean i and i'm and i'm sure I'm, we're gonna you know get to 100 or whatever i'm gonna be doing the same fucking shit but like no just, yeah i mean i'm impressed yeah. that we've uh, and we, yeah. like you said we've put this out every other week for however long this is 50, for 50 weeks yeah, for 50, yeah. 50, no 100 weeks oh well yeah okay yeah. But like I mean, yeah. 50 yeah. episodes. Like, I, yeah. I'm impressed with this. It's it's hundreds of hours of audio. It and is. We have a lot of content. And uh, apparently more and more people are listening to us. That's really cool and humbling. You put stuff out there and uh, you're not sure what other people think of it. Uh, but you keep doing it anyway. And uh, then sometimes people tell you that they like your stuff. And that's always just really, really neat. So, uh, yeah. yeah. In 2020, we dropped... 2,764 minutes of content over 22 episodes. Yeah. That was our first full year. Yeah. The canonically worst year of history. Yeah. Well, what's what's also funny is that, like, I remember hearing reports about, like, it's hard to find, you know, recording equipment now and stuff because of all the people that are starting podcasts in quarantine. And I'm like, oh, wow. We just ever so slightly are ahead of the curve on that one. I mean, we're like two years ahead of the curve. Yeah, we didn't start putting stuff out until a bit. We had had a lot of things in the can. That's also why we didn't do a lot of recording while Philadelphia was kind of locked down was because we could just sort of coast on our back catalog. Yeah, we might have talked about this on previous episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like you've all if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that you were also went through this sort of thing. But like. It was a lot. I used the phrase "mental bandwidth" at the you know top of the episode. Mm-hmm. It was a lot to process and you know handle and deal yeah. with. Um, so yeah, like even though we could have just recorded episodes with Crystal and Nicole, uh, or you know, with each other, or with each other, or you know, and then we figured out Skype eventually and all that. But like you know, we could have gotten on that like at week one. But it was just like, what's happening? Everybody just needed mental space, and having that stuff backlogged was a, a big help. Yeah, because we could just keep editing. And, you know, putting stuff out and not to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when it started to be like, hey, we should maybe start worrying about it soon, we we were good. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and here we are. Again, at the end of the world, the important things are people skills and planning and organization. It's true. <laughs> and between the two of us, we have those. Yeah. I think your people skills are better. I mean, I think that you don't, uh, <laughs> you lose Can't pay. wait to see how this <laughs> sentence ends. Care about people. Let me use my people skills to say this. Um, <laughs> no, I, I feel like you reach a point of like, well, fuck this sooner than I do when it comes to being tactful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tact is good. I but think... there's a reason it's a fucking short word. <laughs> but yeah, your, your people skills are better. Uh, you I are... feel very attacked. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm a good outside the box thinker. Uh-huh. I'm a good problem solver. Sure. Yeah, you are. Um, and I'm very diligent. Uh, yeah, I'm very diligent. I don't quit. I'm very tenacious. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have a good work ethic. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. The boy episode. Yep. Um, I do all the tech stuff because I have a good head for that, and uh, also yeah. the patience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With our powers combined, this just keeps happening. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, <laughs> if we're speaking about, you know, in a hypothetical zombie apocalypse situation. I was, uh, you know, in the scouts, um, not for very long, but for a few years, uh, long enough to pick up some survival skills. Yeah, yeah, um, I know. You're very good at orienteering and uh, yeah. field cooking and shit. And, I can cook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can tote and chip, which is the the chopping wood. Mm-hmm. Um, I can. We can set up a tent in the dark. We know that. Oh yeah, God, we were in Maine at three o'clock in the morning in the rain, setting up a tent as fast as humanly possible because that was what it would take to get us out of the rain. Yeah, in the dark, and we did it. Yeah. We did it with a flashlight and uh, with teamwork. Yeah, all we did was, uh, all we didn't do was put stakes in the ground. No. We did that in the morning. Yep. Everything else we did, and it was great. We got it done in fucking record time. Record time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, no, we got to get going. All right. Um, Thank you again, each and every one of you, for listening. Yeah. Thanks to Movie John for hosting and for being our friends. Yeah. And we're going to go talk to them now remotely and watch movies. Yeah. And uh, here's to 50 more episodes. Yeah. All right. No more Zack Snyder. Yeah. Nah, that's not true. We're probably not yeah. uh, I'm going to say it right now. You can pick 100. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. 300. Calling it now. <laughs> About 200 cigarettes. <coughs> Yo. I need a copy of that. All right. That DVD is like $200. I know. I know. It's out, of, it's out of print. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. We got to go. Thanks. Bye. 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 Baby. Cranes bl- blocking traffic, uh, making it more difficult for people to get around the city. That sucks. But if they're using Pulling them to make... out of our ra- lakes and rivers. <laughs> but, exactly. But, you know, if they're using them to make a cool shot in a movie, I'm like, okay, that's fine. By tying a camera to ones, letting it fly around. I'm sorry, what? I was making a joke while you were talking, because you were saying cranes, and then I was yeah. saying cranes like the bird. Oh, no, I was talking about, like, Frasier. <laughs> Frazier, Niles, God. Daphne all in the road blocking traffic making it more difficult to get around pulling perch out of our lakes and rivers I mean it sounds like something one of them would do. I mean well no they'd probably pay someone to do it mm-hmm. but it seems like something they would have done yeah and then uh, pair it with a nice sherry yeah oh Niles get the perch uh huh <laughs> it's Frazier <laughs> braised perch yeah <laughs> sure and then sherry moon zombie that's what you meant right <laughs> oh my um, god Oh, wow. She's a nice Sherry. This was a weird little winding road. Yep. Anyway, Frasier. So, Cheers. Let me explain Frasier. You have to know about Cheers. The year was 1975. Gas prices were on the rise. Everybody was doing the electric slide. (laughs) The look of exhaustion I just got from Allison was withering. (laughs) Okay. I just don't think I had enough coffee for this, turns out. Turns out I had too much. Yeah, okay. Do you want some of mine? Um...